Hello and welcome to Source of the Force. Got a wicked episode for you guys for your audible and visual pleasure and all those kind of things. You know what I mean? We, uh, first of all, actually, how are you doing? Do you know what I mean? I hope you're well. I trust that you're well. You and your loved ones are staying safe and sane in these crazy times. It's a tough ask, I know, but you know what I mean? Hopefully, you know, we can all see a bit of light at the end of the tunnel, okay? Um, today's guest, um, I hope will bring you a lot of fun. He's a, he's a fun guy. He's um, a nutter on the, on the decks, nutter with his music selection and just, just a handful, man. When you listen to this guy's sets, it's, it's, it's just a madness, mate. So um, I rate the guy, I love the guy, man. He's a lot of fun to chat to. Um, I hope you will too. So with no ado being furthered, <laughs> let's introduce the man Busy Fingers from the Lab Collective. Enjoy. A source of the force, and I'm blessed with a monster. I'm blessed with my man, Busy Fingers, man. Busy? Hey, hey. What you saying, sir? What are you saying? I'm good. I'm chill. Rum yes, and coke sir. in one hand, Mike in the other. Yes, I'm, I'm prepared. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that your tipple? Is that your poison? Yeah. Yeah, yeah man, that, so that... always. Yeah, man. That's nice and easy. I've got a cup of tea, man. I might need to catch up with you a bit later. You know what I mean? <laughs> I need to level up. You know what I'm saying? You like you're trying to keep warm at the moment. That's weird. <laughs> Real. Wolverhampton's not the best place, man. Trust. Yeah. yeah. So let me tell the people about how I first met and heard about this gentleman here. <clears throat> Again, I was lucky enough to uh, interview um, Grown Folks, Grown Folks mm. Groove yesterday, who was on the stream as well. Another guy that I met through the stream a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And basically, I heard about this gentleman here, Busy Fingers, through my good brethren, DJ Croc. And he's been telling me about this man for a while and said, yo, this dude on the decks and his, his music selection is ridiculous, you know. And so uh, a couple of weeks back, he sent me a link to a stream and you were playing, I think he was on Mixcloud. He was yeah. live on Mixcloud. Yeah. And I put it on and I was like, yo. You were just jumping all over the gap. You were taking requests and then you didn't listen to it. You just played shoot. And you were, you, you, you were just rinsing. I was like, oh my days. What is this dude on? You know what I mean? So yeah. t t tell the people about that. What is that? Is that your standard thing? What, what, what's it all about? Um, man? Yeah, that's just one of like, I mean, music identity has always been an issue because I, I love so many different things. I try to focus on mm. one thing and I just end up in a totally other genre half an hour later in, in the thing. So I, it's like attention you, deficit for I, music, I just, is that what it yeah, is? Yeah, I just roll with a vibe that's in my head. So yeah. I said to everyone, yeah, I'll take request, genre requests and then we'll go with genres. And they'll be like, I'll play some Garage. I'm like, mm, I'm playing Broken Beat at the moment. I'm actually playing this <laughs> And then we'll get to Garage in about half an hour. <laughs> it was literally that. It was literally that. It, it was yeah. just mad. And all the beats, fun, we, everything he was throwing down was wicked. So... Yeah, I realised I realised what Croc was telling me was that was the the real deal. Is <laughs> the real deal. So I was looking to play alongside you on Croc's birthday stream yeah, on uh, the One Nation Under a Blues thing, and that was a lot of fun. Yeah. But I think we just touched just to touch the tip of the iceberg on that man. You were behaving that night. I think. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 <laughs> on some was, stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it was man. You was behaving. Then he got he let loose towards the end. I like that. Yeah, I, I had to let that. that. Yeah, that last one out. <laughs> yeah, to go on bad, to go on proper. That was Got good. Out of a bank. That was, Exactly, exactly. So, so the format of the show is I bring on wicked people onto the show, people from all walks of life, from the music, from martial arts, from 
um, sort of acting and cinema. People who do wicked things, man. And you're one of those dudes. You know what I'm saying? Hey. So, <laughs> so basically, what I like to hear is what makes you you. What what sort of influences you had regarding sort of movies, music, people, places that sort of put you on the track to where you are now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. A psycho, a psychopath DJ. Plenty you know to talk saying? about. So, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, so yes. You know what I'm saying? So in, 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 in the nicest possible way. You know what I mean? Of course. That, that, exactly. that was, that's always going to be a compliment, man. <laughs> I like that. I like Psychopath that. DJ. Psychopath. Psychopath. So, yeah. So, okay. Let's start off in this, this, as I start off with everybody. Talk to you about early busy. Talk about that childhood, where you grew up, where you're from, family, okay. that sort of thing. Early influences. Well, I grew up in a little town called Carshorton. Which is like everyone knows Croydon, Carshorton's like mm-hmm. 10 minutes. It's like the little town that no one cares about that's near the town that everyone knows, kind of thing. So it's like, right, yeah, 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 yeah. So I grew up there and I started going Croydon as soon as I was old enough to be on road and jump on buses and stuff. So, um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I kind of grew up there, just pretty nothing too interesting or nothing going on there. Do you know what I mean? And, um, yeah, like music was always so we, we was um a michael jackson household you know you got like beatles households elvis households mm. michael jackson whatever i was a michael jackson household so from early like i think michael jackson household you're destined to to be into music and dancing from that do you know what i mean so that yeah. was always whenever anyone asks me that i'm always like earliest memory of of, of of music and stuff is michael jackson so there's like little home videos somewhere old VHS tapes of me in my pyjamas when I'm like three or four dancing to Michael Jackson. <laughs> or like Did you have moves though? In the background. Yeah. Did you have moves though? <laughs> Just like four-year-old shaking like a nutter, innit? <laughs> like a Thunderbirds puppet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some strings and things. So when I show you this, this you're all about this Michael Jackson oh, that was, yeah, Moonwalker. Yeah, Moonwalker. Talk to me about this film. That was, um, I remember me and my sister, um, I've got two sisters now, but... I'm like 24 years older than one of them. So she is not in any of these origin story conversations. <laughs> my other sister, two years younger than me, we like always used to sit in front of the TV and just watch Michael Jackson Moonwalker. I just remember watching, um, yeah, watching Moonwalker with my sister and there was like a Disney Disneyland kind of trailer at the beginning of it. So we've just got, I've just got memories, fond memories of just watching, just soaking it all in to the point where I watched it again um, for my sister's birthday, actually. We set up a little thing and just knew all the words in the order of when they cut the songs everywhere like <laughs> this film was just sick and like how he turns into the robot on a spaceship and the car and that like yeah like it influenced a lot there's like pictures of me yeah. on my 21st birthday in a smooth criminal outfit doing that exact pose <laughs> in a photo what the angle one like this yeah the full <laughs> angle of the, of the flick in the shirt with a little plaster on the thing everything man i did a michael jackson Probably. party my 21st. So it was all different Wicked. types of Michael Jackson's there. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely a big influence film. Nah, that's heavy. That's heavy. So the, the whole sort of Michael Jackson was dancing a big influence on you or were there other types of music that you listened to in the house? What were, you, what were your parents um, yeah, there was, listening to you? Yeah, there was loads of different types of music. Like my mum, she's a massive, like she loves reggae, but a lot, a lot of like the kind of bait reggae, you know, like the re- that was on the radio in, you know, England, like the... The kind of like the Yazword, Yazword and UB40 and that kind of thing. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. Forever playing all that kind of stuff. But then she'd be listening to that and then later that night there'd be Westlife or Boyzone and I was like, like, 
One thing I can safely say is I have never been into Ronan Keating or none of that. <laughs> so what? that was like, you know, How that, that kind of sucked. Yeah, my dad moved out. The funk kind of the funk CDs left, and I was like, "Don't leave me with Westlife." <laughs> lucky, lucky. So there was, it's a lucky um, break, man. It's a lucky break. Yeah, so she'd be going through those kind of those kind of genres. But then my, and my dad used to listen to lots of like eighties, um, like funk, um, uh, all kind all kinds of stuff. Really, it's through my dad that I got eighties funk, and obviously he was the Michael Jackson guy. A lot of Sam mm. Cooke. Um, like speed, he used to listen to Speed Garage and stuff, so that was kind of varied as well. But then he'd listen to those kind of I don't even know what the genre like. They're kind of you know those songs like Blueberry Hill and those kind of um, also rock and roll type stuff. Yeah, like Mustang Sally and them kind of songs. Oh, like he'd listen, yes, he listened to yes, that a lot yeah. of that kind of stuff as well. So I was always hearing, and then he, but then you like Prodigy. So yeah, there was there was all kinds of <laughs> sounds. Yeah. <laughs> Just Mate, the, the the, the, like I'm saying, I've interviewed a few people now. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And um, it sounds like everybody's upbringing the music they listen to was better than mine, star. Do you know what I mean? I feel like <laughs> what I, was, was yours? I, I don't even want to go there, man. This isn't about me, bro. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to set up my own platform just to ask you this question, <laughs> Mate, it, it wasn't cool. You know what I mean? My mum is just a mess, mate. Trust me. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> it can't, I it can't be normal. worse than Ronan Keaton, bro. It's on par. It's on par for real. Oh, it's on geez. par, man. It's, it's a, I was on a country and western thing. That's what my mum was on. Oh, that's one I mean? thing I could never get into. You know? Okay, I feel I feel for you, man. I you feel my pain, man. That. Yeah, that's why we didn't want to go there. Oh. And you brought me there, so thank you very much. Oh. Cheers, mate. Unearthing hidden memories. <laughs> you get the, have to regress <laughs> and go therapy and thing now. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> So, okay, so Moonwalker and all that sort of jazz was a big part of you, man. As Michael Jackson was a big part of yeah, a lot of massive. people. Mm. Massive, man. He's a, he's a Dan, wicked showman. And oh, yeah. Was like, were you all into like the, the dancing as well? So Michael Jackson oh, was yeah. there. Yeah, um, yeah, like 100%. Yeah, there was, there was, actually, there was one tiny little signal car when it has the, it goes to the bit of Jackson 5 and they're doing Dance Machine. And they, they do the little, he comes out and he does that kind of 70s robotics bit. From then, I was like, what is that? And because basically, when I got older, I got into dancing. I was a dancer in it. I used to do a lot of dancing. Um, funk oh, style, really? Like, okay. Yeah, like pop. But I used to do pop in and animation and robotics and um, to old funk. And it was, I think that might have been one of the sparks that got me into it. Come, right, come to think of okay. it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, how old were you when you started that? When you started popping and locking and things? Um, uh, I kind of started in high school. Really, because um, I didn't, I didn't, you know, I didn't really have money to be going to dance classes and stuff. So I kind of taught myself. Used to watch like the old poppers and the music videos, and um, I used to have. Remember the, the TVs like before that, the flat screens when it was like the static little fourteen-inch little square ones, and yeah, I had one of them in my room. And I used to turn the TV off and use that as like a faint mirror to kind of practice <laughs> dancing in like a fourteen-inch TV. And then um, we used to break into the um, the gym at school. And like on when I got into sixth form, and I used to practice there, and um, like yeah, it's just you know, decent dancing house parties of other people, and just went off. And then I ended up dancing on stage of KRS One and flipping. What? Um, yeah, and like that wasn't like I wasn't booked or nothing. He, he kind of shouted out, and he's like, "Any dancers in there?" And I, I used to roll with a lot of dancers, and we just rushed the stage and climbed up, was and this, we were throwing down. Was it, was it Hammersmith when he came over to Hammersmith? This was, was in. This was at the garage. The right, garage okay. near, like, what is that near Highbury somewhere? I think that's where this right, one was. Okay. And um, and and with flipping um, 
Africa Bambata I threw her down on stage about, um, like about three feet away from Africa Bambata as well which was mad that was pretty fun <laughs> just throwing down hard yeah just rushed hard. the stage and jumped up and started dancing on the air it was sick nah sick <laughs> so Alien what was the name of your crew what was the name of your crew um, crew smooth. 42 crew 42 because yeah. we've done um, so shout out to crew 42 uh, man yeah, shout out to Crew 42 and all the 42 guys. Yeah, they're all doing different things now. Some of them did it in Union now, but we used to dance in St. George's Walk and Queen's Park in Croydon. And um, then we went on to be like um, like a rap group kind of thing. Like there was four rappers, four MCs, and I was a DJ. Um, off the back of that, funny enough, at one of the yeah. parties I was doing, someone kind of just scouted us and asked to manage us. So we, then we ended up opening for people like Jean Grey, Large Professor, Odyssey, no Chuck English, um, oh, Dom Kennedy, like it was, it was wild. It was like in one year they were like, "Do you want to open Flash Professor?" I was like, "Does a bear shit in the woods?" Like, of course I do. <laughs> <laughs> so Can I say that? On this? I don't know what you're. Of, of course, mate. Of course, yes. You know what I mean? It's a large professor, man. The large pro. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, man. Nah, that's heavy. Yeah, man. It was wicked. Heavy, heavy, heavy. Nah, nah. nah. Yeah. So I want to dig, dig a little bit more deeper in that a bit later, mate. Do you know what I mean? But first of all, first of all, right, I need to show you this. What's yeah, this yeah. all about, bro? What's going on, man? Oh, yes, Power Rangers. Listen. <laughs> Are you about Mem- the Power Rangers life? Memories, You're a Red Ranger. Yeah. Power Rangers. I st- I'm, still a- I'm still about Power Rangers. No, Green. Green Ranger. <laughs> Green Ranger. He had the dragon, man. Green I can't Ranger. remember what the White Ranger had. No, he had the tiger in it. He had the tiger. Megazord. Because you know what it was with Power Rangers? I mean, I've always been into martial arts because my dad was. Um, and I, I've just always been into it. I'm not. I'm not like some flipping trained karate G or nothing. I just. I just like it in it. Yeah. And um, but the thing that really got me in, in the Power Rangers was like the big robots, the Zords and stuff. To the point where like, like I'll show you now. Like if I move the camera, around, I'm surrounded by my original '90s not Power Ranger toys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let, let me zoom in on that, man. Let me zoom in on that. Yeah, I've got, I've show got like me, three of them. The <laughs> Heavy. <laughs> so I'm not lying. I'm a fan. Yeah. So I like all the Transformers. <laughs> anything where there's robots, I was like, yeah, I love all that. So um, I, I yeah, remember man. being a kid, getting ready for school, little TV in the corner of the dining room because that was because we lived in a bungalow, so it was like in between the bedrooms and the kitchen was the dining room. So that's where like the TV, that's the family area, and um. So while I'm getting tra- changed, even when I was, you know, I was a little kid, so mum's like, get up at lunch. And I'm just like watching Power Rangers and like Wacky Races and like Hong Kong Fooey and that um, in, the, in the corner. I just remember like, I don't want to go yet. I want to see the end of Power Rangers. What happens to Power Rangers? <laughs> you know what's going to happen at the end of the Power Rangers. Right? Yeah, we all know. We all know. But you just want to see it. You want to see, see it. The, you got the dragon come out of the sea and the weird one where the Green Ranger plays plays a dagger like a flute through a metal helmet. None of it makes sense but it's just <laughs> marketing brilliance to sell toys to kids <laughs> you know that you know that you know that oh, i'll just drop my mouth but it don't know happened there yeah, yeah i just I threw like, myself sing or something I, I, I don't know <laughs> <laughs> i just threw myself off my own stream you know what i mean well got so excited about the power rangers <laughs> heavy 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 it's an exciting topic man what can i say well this is it well, man. Like, this is it it's, it's, i i still go on ebay like uh, uh, yesterday just looking to see who said, I put a post on my Instagram the other day. Like, has anyone got their original '90s Power Ranger robots or Transformers from when I was a kid? Because I've got speakers downstairs that I will trade speakers <laughs> for your Do you Transformers. Know what, Things like that are probably and worth I'm not some playing. serious cheddar, you know. They're probably worth some, some serious money. Yeah, got some of them are, you know. 
listen, if I had a job, yeah, if it wasn't COVID <laughs> and I was earning again, I would, I'd have a lot more, more robot toys in my, in my studio, just man. Random tat in the background like this. Do you know what <laughs> <Yeah>. I mean? <laughs> Basically just huge things. Nostalgia. <laughs> now you said my, my daughter, when she was, when she was um, probably about five, six, six years old, she was all about like Transformers, um, yeah, Transformers, Jurassic Park. You know what I mean? So yeah, you, you two would get on and like, oh, I on fire, mate. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> I just think it's cool, man. There's, a, I mean? there's still that little boy in me buried underneath all the, the bad swearing music and all the <laughs> everything else, the raving. There's a little boy in there that just likes cartoons You can't, You can't knock a robot, man. You can't knock a yeah, robot. Yeah, you can't go wrong, man. Terminator, yeah, man. Robots. can't go wrong. Real life, mate. Real life, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Oh, near enough. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Talk to me about this. This is the soundtrack to my life. <laughs> Not even my childhood, just my life. I remember <laughs> when we got K. Oh. So I take it you're a big Simpsons fan, then, yeah? Oh yeah. Like put it, like, put it this way, yeah. I've, I've waited till I've wanted to wait till my thirties before I get tattoos, yeah, because I'm an indecisive yeah. guy. My sister, she's like, the t she's well into her tattoos and that, and she's, um, she said to me because she's two years younger than me. So we, there's me and then two sisters, like obviously Bart, Lisa, and yeah. Maggie, and I'm two years older than my oldest, you know, my other sister. Like, Le like Bart is two years older than Lisa. So what my sister said, oh, why don't you get a Bart Simpson tattoo and I'll get a Lisa's tattoo. Wow, and then that's a when, man. Yeah, when baby sister's old enough, we'll get her to get a Maggie one. <laughs> so I was like, you know what? When I, because I mean, I've always wanted tattoos, yeah, when I got into my 30s, because by then, that's when you start to get the greys and the wrinkles in it. So I thought, okay, that's when I'm just going to start getting uh -huh. tatted, right? Because I want to well, like be that old man with a big long beard and tattoos. Yeah, yeah getting started early, story, so, I know what I want to look like when I'm old. Yeah, yeah. But I never <laughs> thought, I never thought I would never have got a Simpsons tattoo. Like I never would have done that. But on the flip side, I always wanted my tattoos to have meaning. I didn't want to just get like smoking pistols and skulls and just random yeah. stuff. I wanted everything to have a story. But when my sister said that, and because she designs tattoos as well, I was like, you know what? That's actually got a lot of story and kind of meaning to it because she designed it. Mm. And um, actually, I'll see if you can see it on my phone because she sent me the picture. And um, let me find it real quick. I've got it just here. I don't even know if the camera will pick it up. Yeah, let me um, make it. Yeah, it picks it up. Hey, that's kind of sick, actually, you know? Yeah, so it's like Bart Simpson, but like me kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, and, yeah. And, and, she, and she's doing one that's Lisa like her. So she's drew it um, like that. So um, yeah, let's blow you up again. So I said, yeah, I'll get that. Nah, fuck it, why not? Do you know what I mean? So um, so you're gonna have it done. I'm always wearing dickies. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna get it done, but I'm gonna get it done like lower leg or somewhere that will be hidden, kind of thing. Because when it comes to my top right. part, but um, yeah, yeah. So that's one thing about why Simpsons is such a that's that's one thing to show. Since um, yeah, I remember watching it like we just used to get shouted at all the time because we used to put Sky One on the old cable, the black cable, red digital display, that one. And um, <laughs> used to watch, used to watch Simpsons just every single day. We used to have the videos of the Simpsons. We used to know all the words, all the episodes. Like, you and, know, I was watching Simpsons today with my girls oh, today. Yeah, before I came the, on here. 
it's the one in it we got um the disney channel whatever it is that disney netflix um, yeah yeah me because my girlfriend's a massive D- uh, simpsons fan as well like she knows more of the words than i do so we're always putting the simpsons on when we're eating our dinner like we just we love it mm. like we like Homer is like the worst person to look up to, but he was just a hero. <laughs> he's a useless person, but he's... <laughs> what's he, if he goes, what's he say? If, if, if at first you don't succeed, then it's probably not worth trying or something. I was like... Something like that. Yeah. Man. You know what I mean? Goals, goals. But, um, yeah. Simpsons, man. Loved it, yeah. I, I think it's amazing writing for them for, to keep it up for so long. Because yeah. it's one of those things yeah. I find personally, it sounds like you as well. I find it's one of those things that no matter how many times you've seen an episode, you'll still watch it again if it's on. I'll go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Put that yeah, because it's good. It's just, it's just good quality, man. It's just funny and it's not really cheesy humour and it's not so adult that, you know, you can't... The balance is just perfect that no matter what your age is, you can enjoy it. And yeah. uh, as an adult, you still see little funny nuances kind of thing that you may not have picked up as a kid. And it's just, it's, mm. it's entertaining. And I think the first episode came out the year I was born as well. So I, I was just destined uh, to be a Simpsons fan, man. I think it was like 88, it, I think the first it episode. It wasn't your fault. It wasn't your fault, mate. You know what yeah, I mean? man. It's just, I just had to. I just had to watch it. <laughs> so, okay. So, if I show, so these times, I mean, when did you first start watching The Simpsons? Age-wise, how old were you, what you reckon? I can't even remember, you know, just as long, literally Always as long as I remember. It. I could, as long as I can remember I've been watching it, yeah. Yeah. Just. Yeah. I mean, I've so watched with, it more when we've got cable because you have that access in it. But before that, just true, whenever true. it was on. Yeah. Yeah. So, around the same sort of time when you started to watch that, was that sort of junior school, high school? When, what, Probably what junior, you know. Was that? Mm. Probably junior yeah. school. Yeah. I think younger than that, I've, I probably wasn't really watching TV, just watching films and playing with my toys, Power I guess. <laughs> yeah, Power Rangers, <laughs> yeah. The Power Ranger movie. <laughs> just about Power Rangers life, man. So going into sort of high school and stuff, what were you like, your, your main influences there? Sort of leaving um, primary school, going to high school? Music Knocking around Croydon and things. Yeah. <laughs> both, both, both. Um, Movie-wise... I don't know. I've always liked. I've got different kind of movies that I'm just like everyone, you know. Depending on the mood, like I like, I like a good, you know, like the nineties Arnie action movies where you don't need to think. You can just watch, and it's it's trash. Like it's, yes. it's it makes no sense, but you can just switch off and watch it. I've always liked action movies as a kid, and as an adult, mm. I like it to switch off. So I like my action movies. Um, Terminator <laughs> Two, that's one of my favorite films. Like I remember because my granddad. I could watch the adult movies in it. When I'd stay around my nan and granddad's, my granddad just didn't care. He'd, he'd light up a rolly. <laughs> he'd used to, used, to, used to brew his own beer in the shed. So he'd have all these two litre bottles of beer. He would just sit there with a beer, have a fag, and whatever was on, I'm watching it. He didn't really care. <laughs> so that's when I could watch all these movies. And Terminator 2 blew my mind. Like to this day, it's like it still holds up as far as like CGI and visuals go. It's, it still looks good. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And just, yeah. And it still goes with the robots theme as well. See how I like robots. There, there's definitely a theme coming here, man. Yeah, there's man. definitely something going on. You know what I mean? Like a robot yeah. fetish or something. So. <laughs> something wild. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah. This, this film was just so cool, man. I used to like all the little cheesy Arnie one-liners, the, well, see, well, see, you know when he's, he's, he's like he rolls up naked to that bar and he's like I want your clothes your boots on your motorcycle and he, the guy puts the fag out on his chest I was like raw <laughs> <laughs> yo this guy's serious 
That's it, mate. That's it. Yeah, Arnie. Love yeah. all the movies, I, man. I, I, was, I have to say, I'm partial to an Arnie film as well. I like... Yes, um, you can switch off and enjoy it. Sort of like that. Oh, yeah, yeah that was one of... Yeah, Commander was one of the ones I used to watch with my granddad. I used to love that. And do you remember Eraser? Yes. Yeah, I used to yes. love that as well, man. With Big the film. crazy guns or whatever it was. Yeah, all them films, Big man. Films, I love all that. Man. Big films, the old Rambo yeah. Predator. movies and that. Predators yeah. and the killer as well. Classics, yeah, yeah, the classics. classics on that. Get to the chopper. Get to the chopper. Yeah, love all that, man. But then, on the, but then in high school as well, when I got about 13-ish... Um, I started liking the kind of London gangster movies and stuff. So my, my, my dad oh, used to have, okay. yeah, my dad used to have one of the, um, is it Lenny Cray? No, not Lenny Cray. What's his name? Like Lenny McLean. He was like a bare knuckle yes, boxing the champion. Governor. Yeah, the, yeah governor. the governor. Yeah, he used to have like the uh, biography book of him. So he was like, into that. He was into, I've always been into kind of crime movies and crime series. Mm. And you know, those like late night FBI murder mystery case file things. I've always been into yeah. that. But um, yeah, yeah, I used to like the London gangster movie. So um, um, there was a couple of like them football hooligan movies, which I kind of, I liked two of them, but then they got really shit after a while. They made loads of them and it was just really corny old geezers going, oh, you can't come round here. And it was just like, it got crap. <laughs> but when I was young, I used he to like, like Football Factory. Oh, it was just, it was so stupid. Yeah, yeah, but I used yeah. to, I used to like Football Factory. I mean, it wasn't a favourite movie or nothing. It was just, I'm just mm. thinking of movies that I liked. But um um, yeah, like Snatch and Lockstock were, and oh, still are, two of my favourites. They're two of my favourite movies to this day, just because of the, um, the dialogue. Amazing. You know that, you know that. Let me just show those, i got those covers, man. Those are two. Yeah, they, man. I, I think I watched that with my girls the other day, do you know what I mean? And it, oh, it, it's, they're they good movies. Classics. Classics, yeah, they're good. So many it's not... lines in that. Yeah, it's just line after one line after one line after one line like you can just quote anything and you, like if someone's seen the movie you exactly what you know I fucking eight pikeys and you're like that's snatch that's snatch <laughs> you just you do know what I mean and bricked off and there's just so many good characters it's just a well done they're just well made movies about being too they got all the kind of caricatures in there but they're not stupid do you know what I mean it's just mm. well done kind of thing so yeah, yeah. I've, I've always I can watch that film and I will piss off whoever I'm watching it with because I will say every word to the film you, you know, know yeah, I'm one of them guys <laughs> do you know what I mean yeah. in, I mean in my house Snatch is the one you know because um, yeah. my girls will go to me I'll ask them have you seen so and so she goes sorry I haven't got my binoculars out binoculars <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, that, to be honest, I think the movies have actually influenced a lot of because I, I, I'm one of them guys that just love phrases and love like little things like that. So I think the movies definitely got me turned me into one of those annoying guys. Hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. You just explain your film just by the one liners of people like me. Yeah, that film doesn't sound right, you know stuff. Do you know? What I mean? <laughs> but then un un unless you're messed up like we are, we're like, yeah, actually, I want to see that. What's that guy? He goes, if the milk turns out to be sour. I had the type of pussy to drink it. And I thought, look, this guy's got bars, man. He should be a rapper, man. But when he said that, I was like, nah. I forgot about that one. That's you know, you just think, I want a scenario where I can say that to someone. <laughs> oh, no. What was that guy's name? What was his character's name? He was all with the afro in it. Yeah, the, the short guy. Star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. fucking... Because oh. Nick the Greek was watch. funny. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Nick man. the Greek. 
No, don't don't even get me started on this man. Yeah, we're just going to talk we'll, about we'll this a, whole movie for the. Whole yeah, thing. we'll have a geek off. We'll have a geek off on this man. That that is that is just that's my lane. Trust me, you know. Yeah, what I mean? so up. good. Big up. Nah, that was heavy. So okay, so um, yeah, so let's talk about this. Let's show you one more one more image. Boom. Talk to me about that. Or this series of CDs. <laughs> yeah. That's a no. serious series, bro. Yeah, you know man. I mean? Yeah. It was like a vague memory because I was thinking, because my mum and dad used to play all these tunes and I remember just finding yeah. the CDs and thinking, rah, like that is that is a sweaty torso. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. What is this? Like, yeah, man. Like all these tunes kind of thing. And like, ah, oh, sorry, I'm just pausing, just looking and listening and, and remembering. <laughs> They had um, my parents had like the, the old stack system in the corner of the living room, minute. So I climb up on a sofa, look through the CDs. What's this? What's this? What's this? What's and then you were drawn to this. Why yeah. was that? I mean, how, how, <laughs> old like? how old is it? How old were you at this sort of age? Well, these kind of tunes were. Well, I'm 32 now, and this is like. Well, this series was from like early to late 90s, and it all of them early to mid to late 90s kind of thing. So I, I can't remember what ones my parents had, but yeah, yeah, I was like. Under like, ten and below, I think. So I'm drawn to the up, sweaty covers, mate. To, yeah, I was just like, I don't know what the song. You know, when you're singing along to songs as a kid, but then when you're older, you listen to the lyrics, and I was like, yeah. <laughs> was I really singing that? <laughs> Walking around the house, singing these lyrics, like, and my parents didn't. They're probably just like, Let's don't we won't tell him what it means. We'll just let him. You know what? You know, we're too close. Um, Ah, ne- is- have you seen that song? I can't think who it's. The song too close here, so I can't even think out who it is now. But I only clocked, I only really listened. I mean, it's a classic. We all know the words, but I only really kind of put two and two together, literally a few years ago. Like I've been playing that song for years, but I only actually really listened a few sing years it, ago, and I was like, sing it. Um, let me find a. There's a reason I'm a DJ, not a singer. <laughs> I get so excited. Ooh, how I like it. I'm like, how are you singing about having a boner? Like, and, and grind, like, how is that a song? How is That's that? a love song, man. <laughs> but I think, you know, you're making it hard for me. Like, boy, I'm singing this as a, as a six year old or whatever. <laughs> and like, Silk, like, is it, wait, is it Silk? Um, oh, what's that song? Something about whipped cream, spread it on top of me, and Raw. another level done a version, and all these kind of tunes. I remember singing these songs like not really knowing what any of it meant, mm. and then I'm older, thinking, "Wow, boy, my parents yeah, used to listen to some slackness, some yeah, hidden man. stuff." Seriously, like, that's, the, that's the good There's stuff. levels, man. That's it. Yeah. Just put a nice, a nice soulful beat over the top of it. It passes. You know what I mean? Yeah, it were, and they just had code words in it. They instead of like you see now in the kind of, in the kind of R&B or whatever songs now. Yeah. I'm not really into the new stuff to be honest, mm-hmm. but. It's not really hidden. They they will yeah, say the blame. F word or they will say dick or they'll say they'll say all the words. Whereas then they had code words in it for the various genitalias or whatever. <laughs> and you just translate that and then it's a dirty song once you figure out what these words mean. Do you know what I mean? Like love. Like they, they, they spread that, you know, come into my love. And I'm like, that doesn't make sense, but if you change <laughs> the word love for something oh, else, I know yeah, what you're right. saying now. So, it, but but them songs are amazing. But saying that, there's a um, that's why I like Ivy Lennox. She's like a new kind of artist, isn't it? 
And she's got that kind of old kind of style where she will sing some kind of dirtiness, but she does it in a tasteful, nice way. Mm. So that so she kind of reminds me of the old kind of R and B stuff. Uh, so are you, are you getting all civilized now? Do you know what I mean? The one that you don't, you don't want to hear any fl- filth, flan filth. Uh, I, no, don't get me wrong. I love some filth, flan filth. <laughs> but when it comes, I think I'm just I'm just a bit of a snob when it comes to what like I'm one of these guys that I like what I like and I do not like what I do not like. Do you know what I mean? So I, I walk into a room like my girlfriend is a massive kind of R and B slow jams smooth music person, whether it's new old. Like she's a connoisseur. Like I, I know all the kind of bait old R and B songs, but she knows like all the album tracks because she was yeah. probably, she knows what that from when she was young. But she'll be in playing some new song. I walk in, I'm like, who's this? This is crap. I'm just I'm just an arsehole when it comes to that. Shut it down. Yeah, like, what's this? She's like, oh, go away, man. I'll just put my headphones in. So so is she like just listening to like the bait tunes, the standard, you know? What I mean, radio. Standard oh. rotation type tunes or nah, not by a long it? shot, not by a long right, shot. Okay. With um, like she will have a she she listens to Spotify. She doesn't really listen to radio. She listens to Spotify, mm. but she's um, yeah, what's what I'm saying. She's like a connoisseur with when it comes to those kind of smooth tunes, you know, right, and all right, that. Right, all right. that. Whereas I'm the opposite. Where when it comes to kind of old school R and B and that, I know what it, the connoisseurs just know is the bait stuff. You know, like your Elias mm. and your whatever. I, I, when I, especially when mm. I play it, I play a lot of more bait stuff because I didn't. Because I wasn't raised on the albums, I was raised on those pure those compilation things. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, I only yeah, really yeah, knew yeah. the compilation songs and found yeah. the other songs okay. as I got older. When I when yeah. I remembered, oh, so that's what I used to like as a kid, and I kind of found it at a later date. Because hmm. um, because yeah, a lot of people just you know when people you probably get it as well as a DJ, people just think you're this encyclopedia of just you know every song ever, and they ask you this stuff. Nah, and, Do you ever no. get that? <laughs> For I hip just, hop, people think I know all sorts of things about hip hop, but it's nice. Yeah, you just get asked like, "Oh, you, this song," and I'm like, "Brother, I don't know. Like, I just know what I know, kind of thing." But, mm. um, whereas I think my partner, she, I don't know, I think she obviously listened to it more in depth as coming up, kind of thing. So she knows yeah. all them songs. She schools me on a lot of stuff, and I and I'll hear a tune. Oh, who's this? And she's like, "Uh, it's Jill Scott." Like, oh, <laughs> sorry, like, <laughs> okay, but well, I really like it, so. It. So then I'll go buy it on iTunes and then I'll go run it. <laughs> See it there. See it there. Yeah, man. So, okay. So let's let's talk some music now, man. Let me drop another mm. tune for you, bro. All right. How about this one? What does this mean to you? I got the native tongue touch. Meanie, 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 meanie. Meanie, 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 meanie. Yes. Meanie, 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 meanie. Yeah. Meanie, 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 meanie. What? Meanie, 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 meanie. Memo reads. <laughs> so talk to me about this one, bro. This? Okay, so um, when Winamex and you know, like Napster and LimeWire was a thing, and everyone was bootlegging and downloading all these tunes. Yeah, I remember. When, I remember when my dad coming with a, our, our first PC in like the year two thousand, I think it was, and he got on it. We was all like downloading music and that big beige one. Was it beige? It had to yeah, be beige, it was grey beigey thing. Yeah. <laughs> And um, <laughs> like pure viruses every week, like you know, you know them ones. Yeah, and um, I think, and that's when he was, um, my, my dad was getting all these songs that he obviously remembered, whatever. So, and he played. It was actually the remix of this song that um, he got and he played. And I, that's my earliest memory of this kind of hip hop, where I was like. Ooh, because I mean, there was other hip hop that, you know, you played, like, you know, like your Dre's and whatever was on the radio or whatever, you know, but as like early boom bap, this is my first tune that springs to mind where I was like, 
this is great <laughs> kind of thing so i think off the back of this i've done my own digging and found stuff that i was into and, and as a result like a lot of people from when i started djing know me as a hip-hop dj whereas people that don't know me the last couple of years they know me as like bass music or like afro club or all kind of broken beats but mm. this song led to me getting into boom bap and like hip-hop as opposed to like rap music do you know what I mean yeah 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 yeah. so because yeah, yeah. this because you know when I was, definitely yeah you know when you go on an MTV base and then they play the old videos and like the old tribe what's the, what's the song when they're um, they're on the back of the lorry driving down the street and um, uh, they're performing and everyone's running was it oh my god yeah, I think it's it is actually. I think it is. Yeah. And they're in the court and, and Buster Rhymes is up on the roof with, it, with his hat on and that. Like, I just remember yeah, watching yeah, all yeah, the yeah, videos and thinking, yeah, this is me, mate. I like this. <laughs> <laughs> this is me. And then, yeah, yeah everything man. else kind of came after, really. Got my turntables, got into dancing and all that kind of stuff. What? Yeah, so what, what year was this then, did you say? Uh, what, what sort of age, say, remember one year, what sort of age were you when you first well, sort of touched down on this, these tunes? Well, I... I hear rap in general as in you know what was on the radio, your Dre's and stuff earlier but I didn't really pay too much attention to it but mm -hmm. after the the PC came into the house <laughs> yeah, yeah. when I was about 10 and I could expand on this I'd say 10 onwards like 9 or 10 something like that onwards is when I I, I, find, I kind of was forming my own rather than just listening to what was in the house I was forming my own kind of musical interests yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of thing so yeah, ten onwards. Um, I remember going to HMV in Sutton and Croydon. You know, when I was old enough to go out by myself with my friends, and just spend. I would spend just hours just walking around HMV. Like no money to buy nothing, but I would just be reading album covers. You know them ones. You know them ones. You're just looking at albums like this looks cool, man. And like, what's this? Like, wow. And and I remember getting um, eventually getting um, like Death Row, Greatest Hits, the two disc, and my CD Walkman just in, in, high, in the early years of high school because I made a, quite a few friends through the music that I listened to because like, some of the people were like oh you know this person and that person mm. I'm like yeah man like kind of and so I made a lot of friends through the music that I listened to as I think a lot of music people and a lot of DJs do we, we create our circles through the, our musical interests generally and um, yeah like, I actually spent hours just looking at CD covers in, in H&V man so, so when I first started working, it was a wrap because all those CDs that I've been looking at as a teenager, I just bought them all. They was all, they was all free for twenty quid by then. <laughs> they yeah, was all yeah, old yeah. by then, so I just That's bought it, like yeah. all of them. Like, it was great. Yeah. No, wicked. So what was the what was the first CD you bought for? Was first CD or record you that bought? bought um, for yourself with your own money. Say so first one you got you got given that was yours, or first that you bought yourself with your own your own cheddar. F okay, first, first song I was like a physical copy of a song I was given was by my dad it was um a, a record it was Joe Tex um uh no big uh, I don't want no more I can't remember what the song is but it's I don't want no more no big fat woman <laughs> yeah that's that's the joke. <laughs> Joe Tex, yeah. Yes. So that was my first vinyl. Do you know what I'm gonna have to try? Joe Tex, I'm gonna try to look it up. Hang on. Like it's, it's a it's a hilarious song which could never you know be released now because obviously <laughs> You don't want to dance with a fat lady. That's what you're saying. Like <laughs> she gonna knock me down. That's a line in the song. Like, but he, I used to sit in my room because when when their stack system broke, I think only the turntable and the cassette deck worked. So yeah. then they gave it to me in my room so I could play records or I could record garage sets on the radio. Yeah, this is the one. This is the song. Yeah. <laughs> wow. 
I do remember this actually. Yeah, this is like my earliest funk memory, my earliest funk song. Tune still. Oh, it's brilliant. Yeah, and it's funny when you you see you see him perform it as well. When like the lady comes out on stage and is hitting him on his hips and that. (laughs) Disco. I'm down. Hey man, the tune. Heavy. So what what did you what was the first one you bought yourself? This one is given. First one I bought myself. Um, I think my first. It was a CD single. I'm pretty sure it was Eminem. Or well, that might come after. Actually. I can't remember. First, there's so I just kind of went through a bit where like birthday money CDs. Rinse, so like yeah, yeah. So def def the death row one was definitely one of them as far as hip hop goes. I think that I bought myself because um, I got gifted a couple at Christmas and them kind of mm. things. Jeez, um, I remember buying Dre 2001 <laughs> when I was like 11 or 12. 12 excuse me. And there's yeah. a tune on it. I had the little, remember those little round CD players you can get for like 25 quid in Argos or something? Yeah. And, um, I had one of them in my room. Yeah, that's the one, Dre 2001. And this album right here, I used to love every tune. Number six, I think it's number six. Explosive. No, I don't think that's number six. That's 12, isn't it? Anyway, Explosive was like. Man my knows the numbers to the tunes, you know. I, th- I, I, I think six might be the one with. Um, that one. Yeah, this is the one, yeah. Explosive. <laughs> This tune just it just blew my mind, man. I was just like, "What is this?" And um, there's a tune on there called "Pause for Pornhub," and I remember like, I remember it coming on, and I was like, <gasps> "I had to turn it, I had to turn my radio down." Was anyhow, my mum come in, and this was like, it was just you know, it was a mess. So I thought, yeah, nah, I have to skip that one. But this tune here, like, yeah definitely an influence in as far as when I got into the whole LA kind of flavour of things mm. it's because of this tune would have played a big part in it 100% because it's just got really? that laid okay. back that laid back very west coast sound do you know yeah. what I mean it's, it's like a laid back tune and I just thought like this is me like this is mm. me amazing track so oh, I heard this, the bad so, one later so hearing this yeah hearing this mm. And hearing like the native tongues with the body remix, do you know what I mean? Obviously, you got the East and West Coast oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. going on. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Which, which was yeah. your flavour? You're more West. Was West um, with this kind of laid back thing more you or? Were you I both? think as far as influences go, West, a hundred percent. Just as like um, from other, because because I, I really like the whole G funk thing, and I, I really yeah. like. Even when it comes to cars, the kind of cars that I like, I don't care about Ferraris and all those supercars. Mm. I love my old low riders, the old muscle cars, all those kind. And I've always been into them from the old Dre videos when they're bouncing and the hundred spokes and the Impalas. And yeah. I've always just been into that. Um, even down to what I, like, what I wear, like I've got Dickies on now. Like I all, I don't own jeans. I don't own jeans. All I have <laughs> is Dickies. All, yeah, I, all I ever wear is Dickies and um, that's all I, yeah like that's I love that with the, I mean I haven't got the shirt on now but I always used to wear like everywhere I went there's old vid, like pictures of me DJing everywhere in Dickie suits with like a flipping Kango hat or something and like and that was just me I just love the look do you know what I mean and um, Dame Funk he's um, like a big LA artist his whole steez was just influenced like I, because he just embodied what I, as like a, a UK guy looking into the LA, he just like embodies mm. like the LA thing that I like. The whole, his, the way he looks, the music he plays, he plays a lot of that kind of, kind of, he's like some G-funk king, basically. So that whole kind of LA, that era, 
I just, I've just always loved it. And you know, you just try to emulate things that you love. I just kind of like, you know, so when I, I went to LA a couple of years ago, because I was playing in New York and there was an event that I wanted to go to in LA. So I finished my gigs, went over to LA and I don't know what I was expecting. I was like, maybe I'll see like these kind of things. And it's like, it's just, it's just not, it's just not that kind of thing. But um, I definitely want to go back there just to kind of, I don't know, just be there, you know? Just absorb it. Just, yeah, it's just yeah. such a big part of what I've been into since I was young. So um, just, you know, the sunshine, the palm trees, just, even if I'm listening to the music in my headphones, like just, just to, but that's not to say like the, the East Coast stuff as well, like as far as in the music and enjoying the music, I don't think I could pick a favourite. I love East and West equally mm. music, but as like when it comes to East and West Coast culture in hip hop, yeah, 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 it, it would be West. Yeah, but, yeah. but musically, Sorry. like I mean, East. Even more sort of wearing chocks than wearing the Timbos. Then yeah, that was that was more your. But yeah, you like wear. I mean, I, I think I got one pair of Tims that I didn't really wear much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nah, not about um, that. So talk yeah. to, talk to me about like the, the the dancing thing, man. Do you know what I mean? How did that break off? How did that start? Okay. Yeah. Well. um, yeah, well, from watching music videos, like especially when um, we got the cable and then MTV, MTV Bass, and all them ones, there was like all these videos where I'd see. Obviously, I first saw like popping and that through Michael Jackson. I didn't know it was cool popping. I just saw him mm. doing this mad stuff, and I was like, "What is that? Like, what's?" And it turned out to be waving when he was doing the waves and that. But it was that particular dancing that I thought, "Raw, that's mad." So then, when I saw other music videos, like, I remember seeing some Limp Biscuit video, and there was a guy. The tune's called Rolling. And there's a mm. guy who was popping in the video, and I was like, "Rah, who's this?" And he turned to be a really turned out he was a really prominent old school pop off in the dance scene, and his name's Mr. Wiggles. So I kind of yeah, looked into him. him. Yeah. yeah, I looked into him. I was watching videos of him all the time, like at school, just watching videos of him on lunch breaks instead of going out. Um, then I remember what's that? There's that tune. I think it's Clips and Justin Timberlake. And there's a bit at the end when Pharrell does this weird little thing. He kind of pops his neck. And I was like, that. And I just kind of pieced it all together and just started just watching videos of when I found out the prominent dancers. There's a guy, Poppin' Pete. I think he's from like the, is he from Electric Boogaloo? No, is he one of the, he's one of the OGs basically from mm. them early popping crew. So I just used to watch them religiously. And um, then I'd hear the music that they would dance to. And that was obviously all the old kind of P-Funk and all that kind of stuff. So when I found out that that's what it was called, I'd be looking up all them tunes, so all the kind of Zap and Roger and all those kind of things. And that's when I got into all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then I just learned it. I just started doing it. And then like I was saying earlier, I started doing it part. Yeah, like this tune. This tune hits still hits oh hard, Oh my God, this tune. <laughs> I bought the Zap and Roger anthology at some like booky little CD internet cafe place in Croydon. And I used to go in there all the time looking for P-Funk CDs. And when I found this anthology, that was me. I used to work in home office. I'd be in the in the photocopy and I'm just like, bah, bah, on the headphones on photocopying, like. And then when it comes to finishing, um, actually the way I met Crew Forty Two, I used to have a speaker bag. You know, one of those annoying guys that had the speaker bags. And I used to play lots of um, during the daytime. I play lots of P Funk and G Funk out of my bag. So I'd be walking around just listening to tunes, pissing everyone off. And, um, oh, you're one of those guys. Yeah, I was right. one of those guys. I was one like 18, those. 18, 19. Just, Everyone's going to hear what I've got to listen yeah, to. Yeah, I didn't care, man. This is me. So I'll be going <laughs> out in the summer, 
And I remember going down Croydon High Street outside the McDonald's and there was a big crowd. There was all people standing on benches trying to see what was going on. There was even like police and ambulance people all watching. And I'm thinking, wow, what's going on in here? Mm. But I pushed through to the to the thing and it was it was a cipher going on. Like people were like, were like a few years younger than me, the b-boying outside McDonald's. And I thought, okay. And I actually knew well, one of the guys clocked me from because I'd, I'd started going black sheep and I was, I was I'd been DJing a year or two, and um, I actually so I, was, I was older than eighteen. I must have been about twenty. So I've been DJing about a year or so in that bar. And one of the guys there was like, "Oh, yo, it's um, what was my name back then? I think my name back then was Bone. No, crazy, no Bones. I think my name was Bones then. It's like a dancer name." And um, so you can tell how long someone's known me by what my alias was then, by what they call me. <laughs> he was like, "Oh, yo, it's Bones." And the other guys, were, they didn't know who I was. And he's like, oh, Bones, come dance, come dance. And I was like, nah, like I'm, I'm not one of them performing. Uh, we used to call them crowd whores, innit? I've never really been like a crowd whore guy. You know them guys that like, I'm sick. Let me just backflip into the scene and start. I, I just dance because I like to. Like if the, if the music makes me want to dance, then I will dance. That's how I, I never got into it competitively because I can't dance on command. But anyway, yeah, yeah, you got to feel it. I happened to be in in a mood kind of thing. I was vibes in. You just I happened stuck. to be a moon, and just had to be a couple of hundred people there. I just happened to because so. <laughs> I was watching for a while before they clocked me in it. So the tunes was on, and I was just like, oh, right. shit, like this is me kind of thing. So I just got we started like vibes in and that, and I was threw down, and it just like we all just clicked. After that, we become friends, and then that's how we all became Crew Forty Two. We would all used to train together, cipher together, go down Chocadero's up in Central, and just train there. And yeah, it was just wicked, man. They were really good times. And it was through yeah, these tunes that we I just got into all of it, man. Wicked. That, that, still, that tune still sounds fresh today. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I'm saying? It's, oh, it's man. Still, the original version's I mean? like nine minutes long or something of just yeah. that. It's brilliant. <laughs> with some dude with a tube, he's like, yeah, Roger Troutman. Absolute you know? genius. Trust me. Now, wicked. Roger Troutman. Big up Zap. Mm. So let me play you something a little, little bit different to that. What you said? What are you telling me about this, man? Yes. Yeah, I mean that turned the corner. <laughs> yes. Into the two thousands. You get me. So who's this brother? Dead Prez. Hip hop. Yo. Okay. So. One of the first compilations that was gifted to me was Westwood Volume 2, yeah. Wow. The big dog, that corny big old dog. guy, yeah. And, um, but listen, he was a G though. When it comes to that, when it comes to the American hip hop over here, listen, the dubs that guy had on his compilations, when he had MOP with a mad anti up dub and all that stuff, I was like, you. I, I, I used to listen to Westwood every weekend, mate. Do you know what I mean? Westwood's a I wish I was listening to him. If I was, I wish I was old enough to be hearing all these other, not just him, but all these other DJs as they were coming up. Do you know what I mean? But um, yeah, this was my first thing I'd heard of him. Like, it was mainly his selection as a DJ rather than as DJing. I've never heard him play a set or nothing. But um, and this CD was like um, <laughs> just so many songs on there that just brought me into the whole two thousand like upgraded what I looked for and got into oh, kind of thing. Did you know? Yeah, it just, just, oh, just bought up the levs yeah. rather than just 90s. I was like, okay, what is all this as well? I mean, it was listening to it anyway. Like they had like, um, 
when G-Unit and all that came in a few years later. But um, yeah, I heard, I think this was like 2001 or something that I got this CD. So I was about 11, something like that. And this was track four, disc two on, wow. on the Westwood 2 compilation. Yeah, yeah. The man knows the tune and the that's how disc much, number. That's what he's on. That's how much I used to listen to it. And I remember, I mean, I liked all the songs on both CDs, bar say about two. And um, I remember when this come on, I was just like, I think it's the bass line. Like, I've not heard nothing like it. I, I like aggressive, just bass lines kind of thing. And I was just like, yeah. <laughs> and this is one of them tunes that I was like, this is just sick, man. So yeah, this- The video this as well, you seen the video to this? I don't even know. Maybe on bass when I was a kid, but mm. I haven't really watched videos for years, to be honest. Right, right, right. I'm, I'm one of those guys that's rubbish of them things, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the video to this was proper. Do you know what I mean? It's like people trading for battle kind of thing. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, but it sound you can imagine that though. That you would have to have that as a video. It's one of them. It's one of them tunes. Like, have you ever run this in a full club and it has not blown up? It's it's, it's, got, it's a riot it's, tune. There, there's certain yeah. tunes that are riot tunes. Like this MOP anti up. Yeah. There's certain things you play and it's gonna go off. Do you know it's what I mean? It's a rap. Yeah. It's a rap. <laughs> like I used to do a night called Joints and Jams. Um, I think it finished about eight years ago now but I was doing it for about two years you know in West End and when I tell you that was the, they were the best parties I've ever played at like I've always tried to replicate it and I've never been able to because it got locked off because like there were fights outside down the road and the local authorities blamed it all on the venue so you couldn't play hip hop it's a classic well, story after, you, after you played this <laughs> hey I, I'm never accepting or denying <laughs> but um those parties were so what like there would be queues all the way down like people weren't coming in i had my friends calling me up yo they're not letting me in can you come get me like i wasn't the promoter i weren't making money off tickets like that it was like a fixed rate thing i was young in, in my djing career but the memories there like i'd have a bucket of my favorite drinks loads of plates of food in the booth i used to play with my serato this is when i used to play on serato on turntables and the place was ram it was a basement and like when i used to play all the uh, 90s dance all used to come on you get guys just daggering girls on the DJ booth, knock, knocking the needles off the deck, and my friends like pushing guys over away from the, away from the booth, and all my friends are around the booth just going mad, and like it was. And then I remember these girls coming. I remember a good memory. Uh, these two girls come up because I used to get really, you know, you get crap requests sometimes, didn't you? Like, I remember one time I was playing uh, b-boy kind of hip hop, and um, this guy come over with his phone. I oh, can you play Kings of Leo, and I was like, mate. Look around, bruv. Like, look around. Read the room, bruv. Yeah, Read like, the room, there's literally someone windmilling behind you, and you want me to play. <laughs> Go away, man. And then, so I'm always, I'm always wincing a bit when people come up looking like they're going to request something. So these two girls come up, cocktail dresses, high heels, and they're like, "Just take requests." And I was thinking, "Oh bloody hell, here we go." So I was like judging already. I was like, yeah. nah. I'm like, well, "All right, what are you after?" She goes, "Have you got any like?" kind of old school grime and I was like <laughs> actually yes I do I got you I got you so then we I just switched it a few tunes down I was putting old like old instrumental grime on and you know old Dizzy old Morphire crew and the play, it just, whatever you played the place would erupt and people would just know the words and it's just hard you just don't really it's hard to find that now with those kind of that era of music anyway um but yeah, dead, whenever I used to play that, yeah, like this, it, it was just a war. Like, yeah, like, and what I used to love doing, I used to like jumping between moods. So I'd play a song, like some genuine or something. So the guys are dancing with the girls. 
and then I'd mix that and like because Gin York Pony goes really well with grime. Oh right, okay. Little tip there, yeah. It goes perfectly with grime, so I, w- I would mix something naughty into that. So they're just they're just catching the wine, and then I'm like, I'll snatch the wine away from them. <laughs> so I'll run a tune, and you will just watch the guys literally push the girls away, and then just jump and start just moshing out. And I used to love for that, just being the DJ puppet master of what's happening. Like you call it, yeah, audio contraception, man. <laughs> so that's what I've always loved doing, just just bouncing between rather than like a steady thing and stay at that pace I, I like just taking people all on different things yeah man and I, that's what I used to love about these parties because all these tunes were saying like Dead Prayers and you know Anti Up and all this you could run all do you remember that Bone Crusher tune Never Scared Attention I ain't never scared yeah I remember playing that there yeah and I see a video later of two of my mates filming themselves like this in the middle of it all and like it was just it was just chaos you just like get dudes yeah and I just I just miss all that man I just missed that but yeah that's what all them tunes that's what and it's thanks to Dead Prez Hip Hop that got me into all them as well Seen respect to Dead Prez man respect mm. to Dead Prez so at what point did you start sort of playing out and sort of saying right okay DJing is my lane I like my popping thing did this or did you run the two things concurrently how did uh, that sort of work with you? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, kind of at the at the same kind of time because you know I started like getting into dancing when I was around thirteen, no, about fourteen, something like that. Um, but when I was fourteen, I think I got my first set of um, turntables. Remember they used to do? I don't know if they still do it, but like the kind of you could get the kits and it was like the belt drive turntables. I, I had Stanton STR eight twenties. So that you know, the bare minimum. I remember getting like some ministry. I didn't even know what the songs were. It was like Ministry of Sound from H and V because it was in a free for ten. So the music was crap. <laughs> it wasn't my kind of thing. But I thought whatever in it. So I was just trying to mix what I could. But before I before I could really, I remember blowing speak. Oh, that's it. I blew my speakers. They were the little little speakers. I blew them, and obviously didn't have money to get new ones. You know, they were my Christmas present. I you know blew. So I couldn't really practice anymore after that. But then a few years later. I had uh, a bunch of CDs. I remember going into the Black Sheep Bar when I turned 18, and um, I was there quite a lot. I got to know a couple of the bar staff. I went in on a Monday, because I used to be there every day of the week after work. And um, I was there on a Monday, and they had some tunes on before the first DJ came on. And I was like, yo, Zach, that was one of the bar staff. I was like, bro, this music's crap, man. He's like, you got anything better? I was like, yes. He goes, we've got to play it then. I was <laughs> Actually, like, Actually, now you mentioned it. Cool. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, I will. <laughs> So I didn't have headphones. I didn't have track. I just had CDs on me. Do you know what I mean? Because I my CD Walkman. So he showed me what the buttons were because I'd only known turntables. So he showed me this. They were old, old denims, little square denim things with fat rubber buttons. And um, he showed me what was what. I was like, okay, cool. He goes, oh, you can play until the next DJs come at nine. I was like, cool. So I was kind of, people are coming in. Bear in mind, I can't mix. I didn't have headphones, no track. I didn't even know what track was on i was just getting a feel so the next week i came back with headphones and a few tracks written down on on my cds Mm. then the next week more and more and i would go there every monday and whenever they would let me and i would practice but live to an audience (laughs) so it was kind of terrible mixing yeah yeah and um eventually they were like oh you can play on obviously well i'm paid obviously and um they're like you can play on a saturday if you want before the main dj comes on i was like oh okay so I, i was doing that and i just kind of got better and better a turntablist uh, called DJ X Cuts he took me under his wing 
got me into Serato eventually. And um, mm. I ended up playing like their Christmas party there and it just kind of went up from there because the first night I went there was a b-boy night because dancers got me there. I said, oh, there's a guy called um, DJ Blue Movies and he used to play... DJ just, Blue, that's, that's yeah, a good yeah. name. <laughs> yeah, he's actually, he he's plays in a band now. I can't remember the name, but he's one of these guys that are just sick at everything music. You might have even heard of him. I just can't think of his other name. But um, anyway, he used to play mad. He used to play, again, like Dead Prez, and all, but he used to play all kinds of hip-hop and then just crazy beats. And um, that was on a Tuesday. But anyway, yeah, that's I digress. That's that's what got me into it. So um, off the back of that, I met like loads of people. And then I've done a couple internet radio shows, little kind of random on top of shops, them little kind of booky ones. Um, <laughs> done loads of house parties. Just like one of them, kind of, it's kind of a classic kind of DJ origin story as, as far as that goes. You know, used to mm. loads of wicked house parties. I remember going to one, taking my wooden Wharfdale speakers down, my CD decks. Wharfdale, yes. Yeah, man. Proper. Because I didn't have an amp, I just used to take a broken... My, that stack system I was telling you about that I had as a kid, I just used to take that, use the whole stack just for the amp and plug the speakers in, into that. <laughs> and I remember I remember doing one house party That's in some Penge. soundboid business, that is. Yeah, man, just whatever make we do, had. Make do. And I had, um, I had a UV bulb that I used to have in my bag as well. So I remember going to this house party in Penge that they asked us to play at. And um, it was one of my ex's family, like a cousin or something. So was, there's loads of cousins, aunties, everyone there. And um, I said, oh, I need a desk. I ain't got nothing to put my decks on. She's like, oh, we ain't got nothing. So I was like, have you got a screwdriver? She's like, yeah. I was like, cool. So I went into one of their bedrooms. I took one of their wardrobe doors off and I used the wardrobe door as a desk on, yeah. on top of my speakers. Always yeah. thinking sunshine. Yeah, nice. man. Now nice. I took um, the USB not USB, the UV bulb out of my bag, took their light bulb out of their living room, put the UV bulb in. We had a UV party, a UV house party. And it was it was banging. It was such a banging party, man. And just off the back of that, just more people, more people. Then, you know, I got asked to play in this place and then this place. Yeah. And then I met some guys on a bus and they were like, I can't remember what we got talking, but then they asked me to come play it this night, which was Joints and Jams. I couldn't because I was playing in some next place. I eventually went there tore the whole place to pieces and they were and then they eventually were like yo you need to play here every month so they offered me more than what this other place was paying i was like cool so i screwed that other club off because it was crap it was in like surrey somewhere it was an empty shit room mm -hmm. yes yeah, so i used to go there and that's when i first played in like west end and that and they eventually they fell out and they just gave me the whole event they said tell you what do you want to just run it? I was like, yeah, cool. <laughs> so that's, and, and off the back of that, that's where it, I was thinking, you know what? I should probably start charging for things like this because <laughs> I was literally doing loads of stuff. I mean, that other gig I was doing for like, you know, nothing because, you know, that's, you, you don't, that's how it goes in every DJ pays mm -hmm. their dues. And then, but people were saying like, oh, you know, what do you charge? And what's this? And what's this on that? I don't know, nothing really. I just kind of do it for some, chicken wings and, and a drink kind of thing. <laughs> I, I just like to play. I just love vibes, isn't it? So yeah. after, after, around that time is when I was like, okay, I should probably start focusing on, it, on this a bit more. And then all, it just snowballed and not, not as fast as I'd like it to, but <laughs> I started playing a lot more places and, you know, mm. just do it. That's when I, I was like, right, I'm a DJ now. Like, this is what I want to do in life. This is me kind of thing. So that it was around that time where I thought, yeah, so I'm how old are you at this, at this sort of time? How old are you? 
when I first started playing joints and jams, mm. early 20s, like 20, two, three, 23, 22, something like that. Yeah. Around, around that, yeah. And, that, and that's uh, when that, you fully got the bug. Yeah, that's when I, because, yeah, because that was the first time I'd actually played to like a RAM venue. And like, I was getting, because you know, you know, that feeling when you've got a crowd just going, just crazy to whatever you do. It's just like, what? It's, it's, I'd never experienced that. And it was just, it's, it's, yeah, you're, it is a, it's like a drug and you just need, you're constantly chasing that fix, that high that you get when that people are calling for a reload or people are screaming out. You, it's, you're just constantly chasing it. And after that, that was me. I was hooked. That was me. <laughs> I got everything I needed to get. I practiced that. That was it. Never yeah. looked back. So, Listening to what the kind of stuff I know that you like now, like, like the things I've just played and mm. um, knowing you from what you've played on your shows and stuff, right? How mm. do you find, like you, you said, okay, when you play tunes, you like people to have, you have that reaction, you love people to, mm. to, to feel what you're playing and stuff, right? How do you feel about playing new stuff that people may not fully get, you know what I mean? Or rather than playing ones that you know are going to hit. How, yeah. how do you get that balance? I made two, that, two tunes for them, one for you, kind of thing, or how do you drop it? It kind of, to be honest, it's kind of hard now trying to think of before COVID how I even done things because <laughs> now a live stream is like I will play anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but tough. You know what I, mean? I mean, depending on the gigs, because you know, like, because I'm because I, I went full time DJ, like full time music September 2019. Because before that, I was a postman and I was kind of juggling it both. And being a postman yeah. is not the job to have when you're DJing until yeah. 4 a.m. The, the previous Early, night. Yeah. Just literally so straight, from the, straight from the place, straight I would, to work. I would it? literally come from East London down to Croydon, go in bed for half an hour, get up, go work, deliver for hours, come home, eat, get ready, go and do another. It was like it was like affecting my health. Like I was, it was not good. Mm. So when it when I was kind of getting enough gigs and earning enough, I thought, oh, you know, my girlfriend, she was like, why don't you just go full time? You know, just do it. Take the plunge. You never, you know. So I thought, yes, yeah, yeah. I did. So um, you take them gigs just like for the money. You know, like the five-hour residency sets where, you know, there's going to be something. They're always going to be complaining about what, there's going to be someone that don't like hip-hop and they want you to play this. And then there's going to be someone complaining about, you know. Kings those, Leon, isn't it? that's the thing like, I've always said to people that book me I've always said I always tell them what I don't have if they don't know me say I don't know you know they're like oh would you want to play this I say yeah but just so you know I don't have new Rihanna stuff I don't have Drake's I'm not going to play Drew I'll tell them I'll be honest do you know what I mean because I'd rather if you book me you know what to expect in the sense where like I'm not I don't like the whole jukebox DJ thing Mm. kind of thing so like there's I, I can rec I'll, I'll always recommend friends of mine for the gig do you know what I mean if, if I don't think I'd see it because the last thing I want is to agree go there they're wanting all this commercial stuff and I'm like nah and I'll ruin your night I'll ruin their night I'll ruin my name so mm. I'm always honest so yeah. that I, I, it's, it's been called that way so that if the, now when they book me they know okay if it's a five hour set there's going to be a lot of old school stuff but then there's going to be some mad little bits and pieces because I, I, I kind of pride myself on playing on just risking it and playing things that they definitely wouldn't have heard but you can mm. still vibe to do you know what I mean and then I try to do like I just like doing combos so I like mixing some two things that you would never hear mixed elsewhere kind of thing and I've always kind of just prided myself in doing that 
So um, yeah, I, I do do that as much as I can. Like whether it be kind of weird LA beat scene stuff or even broken beat. Because a lot of people <clears throat> don't really know about broken beat, even though it's quite a, it's like an old London sound. I mean, I only really got into it a few years ago, but I've found that sneaking that into say like with house or garage, is so danceable to people just feel it. So I think if you've got a good judge of music and you're kind of reading people, you can kind of sneak those tunes in. You ain't got to worry about the crowd pleasing things. Like that kind of stuff pees me off sometimes, man. Because it's like, open your mind a bit, you know? Like, mm, mm. I don't know this things. one, so I, I don't want to listen to it. I yeah, and some people are, are yeah, I've found that some people are so rude. Like you get some people come up and go, you're a shit DJ. And I'm like, I don't, I don't think I am. I think you're just... <laughs> You're literally Why? the only one that's not dancing. Yeah, like, but you know that's it. Just comes with the comes with the uh, the, the territory, doesn't it? Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I do like playing all mad, introducing new sounds kind of thing. Usually, like, I'll see one person. Say, say the place is filling up. I'll see maybe one or two guys over there. I'll play a, a certain type of music, and if they respond to that kind of old hip hop or that old whatever it is. I'll play for them kind of thing. Mm. And they what usually happens is they kind of lead the vibe. If you play for the vibeliest people, people usually follow off their energy. Mm. So I'd rather have two or three people going mad than 20 people just not really doing anything, singing along, tapping their foot, having a drink. So that's what I, I, I'll, I'll zone in on a couple and just play for them. And the rest yeah. will kind of follow. Yeah. That's a little kind of thing I've just yeah done. Play for three people who don't get out much and just losing their shit. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. <laughs> you like the same music as me? I'll play for yeah. you. Screw it. I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. Mm. Heavy, heavy. Yeah, man. Wise words, bruv. Wise words. <laughs> so, okay. So, if I show you this image now. <laughs> What's Yo. the score with this? With, with this, this CD? This CD... <laughs> like opened me to a whole a whole spectrum of sound like this was like rinse fm you know a lot of people know rinse fm is quite a big station in london as far as kind of different like eclectic music goes i mean it's quite techno-y kind of bass now and a bit new agey stuff but when when alexander nut was on basically i remember driving somewhere again early 20s changed the radio and I heard um, Slum Village and I was like the Slum Village on daytime radio what is this who is this kind of thing <laughs> and this guy was just playing just like lots of Diller and all this kind of stuff and these beats I'd never heard and I was like yeah. what the hell is this so I'm like listening out for his name and he's like Alexander Knott and I was like cool so I just kind of looked him up Rinse FM I just became a diehard fan of Rinse like in this era anyway mm-hmm. and um, they released this CD series and um, I used to buy every single one of them. Like they had Skepta done a mix for one. Uh, Genius, um, Genius Crew. He actually founded the radio station. He done one. I bought that. Alexander Nutt, uh, flipping just, just loads. And um, this one, I mean, he had like Flying Lotus on it, and like all these kind of like LA hip hop beatsy electronica kind of producers that I'd literally not heard of any of them. And, mm. and every song was amazing because like, it was all so new and I just delved into super research mode like I was just on my P- on my Mac for hours just looking for songs and you know you type in the artist on the track list and then you go on a YouTube journey finding other artists rabbit hole rabbit yeah. hole yeah man. and off the back of that I just like over the years I've um, a lot of kind of my followers and that have known me for this kind of music because I started um, a platform called The Beat Meet and like 
yes, it is, it's, it's a double, it's, the name is made to kind of yeah, entice laughter. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and it's a platform for producers of all levels, bedroom producers, to come play their beats in a venue Wicked. with people having a drink. So it's not like there's, there's little producer huddles in London where, you know, you're in a little studio sitting on chairs. This is like in a bar with like DJ, like the, you're just going to hear mad beats. You probably won't hear much, you know, kind of thing. And that mm. just grew, that drew out all the nerds and the kind of, a lot of producers are introverts, isn't it? So they kind of came out and we, it's a room full of nerds just listening to this crazy kind of LA beat scene stuff. And um, off the back of that, yeah, a lot of people kind of knew me for playing just weird shit. <laughs> like anywhere, I'll just play weird shit. And um, um, what's the name? To the point where I made like friends in other countries that done beat platforms. So when when they they'd send someone to London, that they someone would send them to me to kind of put them on beat me or something. I, 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 like, Serious? I, yeah. yeah, I just became one of those kind of London links for. The, the kind of weird bookie beat scene thing and, I, and, I, and when someone told me that I was like I remember some stranger just messaging me oh yeah I heard you're the guy to like for the beats and whatever you're able to put me I was like who the hell told you that like what how do you know me how do you know this where'd you get this number yeah it was it was crazy but it was like it was a good feeling because it's like this is what I wanted I wanted people to kind of get together in this kind of little underground scene and just network and play their music to other people like we had one guy he's from new york and um he messaged me saying oh um i, I see your, your instagram you got a beat me um tomorrow or it was like the next day or something he's like have you got like a spare slot and i was like i mean i can do i looked him up and he had some cool beats and i was like yeah i can do like where are you based like if you're able to get to brixton i can put you on and he goes oh no i'm i'm, I'm from new york but I've, i'm in paris i was like what do you mean you're in? I said, bro, Paris is not near Brixton, man. <laughs> that is not near. Like, I know you're from New York and the distance is, all, uh, but that is not close to Brixton. That's another country. And he's like, no, no, I'll come. He goes, I'll come over for it. And he's like, so this guy left what he was doing in Paris. He came over to London just to play a half hour set for free. Like, I said to him, like, before I knew what he was doing, I said, look, like, you've hit me up last minute. They give me, like, a very small budget. Like, ridiculously small and I, I, I've always shared it with everyone involved I've, I've never kept it all yet I kind of put it in do you know what I mean so everyone can have a little bit so I said to him look I've already kind of allocated the peas to all the other producers but I said look, if you want to come through and then he goes yeah I'm in Paris I'll come I was like oh shit and he actually came he came through he bought his merch with him he'd done a half hour beat set killed it and it was a sit we became like like just online buddies from then and um, then he went back wow. and then um, yeah a few years later, quite a few, yeah, a few years later, his cousin must have come over to London. He messaged me. He's like, oh, my cousin's coming over. I'm sending you over a birthday present. And he had he had records pressed of his beats. And he he sent me over, like, his, his, his cousin came and found us and came to my birthday party and bought this vinyl from this producer. And funny enough, sorry I'm talking so much, man. No, but, it's um, good, man. Yeah. Um, when I went to uh, New York two-ish years ago, I had a few uh, gigs there and um, I was doing one it was in Queens I think it was in some basement and I was playing like early 2000s grime and dubstep in Queens in this bar and I came out and I was um, with some of the bar staff just having a smoke in some little alley and um, excuse me sorry and um, this car like it's in this part of Queens where it's just like when I come out of the subway I thought rah 
this looks like TV, mm. like boarded up warehouses, like burnt out cars and shit. I thought, right, what is this place? So anyway, I'm standing there and this car just rolls up next to where we were standing. Totally the window goes, wind, in it, it, but we was looking over like, who the fuck is like, this? And all I heard was, you're busy. And I was like, what? <laughs> no way. It was, it was him. It was, his name's Pharrell's Peace. And he goes, you're busy. And I looked, I was like, I'm thinking, who the hell is this? Like, I'm in Queens, mm. who knows me? And he's like, you're busy. He goes, I had my LAB collective t-shirt. And he goes, yo, I saw, I saw the LAB and I thought, that's got to be you. And, he, and I thought, you know what? You just made me look so good in front of these bastards. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yo, what are you saying, man? Like, it was, it was crazy, man. Like that no same way. that same week, I was playing a hip hop set in Brooklyn, and I think I said this on the One Nation stream. Um, I was playing, and Hey Essay walked in, and I was no like, way. "What are you doing here?" Like it was such a crazy <laughs> trip. Like it was such a crazy <laughs> week. Like I've always wanted to. It's a small world, man. It's a yeah, small world. It really region. is, man. It really is. And like I, I fell in love with Brooklyn that week. Like that's one of my favorite cities. I've been like amazing. Like I've always wanted to play Biggie in Brooklyn. <laughs> And I did that, so that's one of the bucket list things ticked. And Real. it was such a great week, yeah. It was it was a big experience I'll never forget. Like I'm definitely going back to play there. Wow, yeah. wow. So what, what was what was the name of the club you played? Um, the night. Oh, was it called? I can't remember the night because um, you know Run P. I know he knows a lot of people. He knows Croc and all that. But um, it's a, a DJ called Run P. He's one of these guys that seems to know everyone in New York and the world. <laughs> but um, he he done some nights and he put me on there. It was that kind of B there's some there's some famous like painter artist that begins with B you can't ba- Bas- Basque, Basquiat? Basquiat oh Basquiat yeah Basquiat yeah yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's, it's called like Basquiat's yes. Bottle or something the name of this venue just some cool little bar and yeah. it was yeah it was there funny enough it's there's Brooklyn, this Brooklyn in it Brooklyn in it it's super yeah, cool it was no, cool there I mean. was some rapper there as well called K, uh, K White that I've been following for a while a really cool cool lady and and she rolled through to show support as well she brought like some other DJs down there was a lot of love there man it was wicked wow wow yeah, that's big deals, man. Yes, mm. man. Nice. Yeah, well, really cool. Is that you, <laughs> sir? Is that you? It was, it was so, okay, yeah. yeah, man. Let, let me let me play you a little tune from uh, from the Alex Knott CD, man. So, you know what I mean? This is that Flying Lotus. Yeah. First Flying Lotus tune I ever heard. Uh, I think it's called like Mr. Chippy or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the one. That's the one. So, I mean, when I mean, I, I'd not heard this one before, but I'd, when I listened to this, I went, "Yeah, man, this is this is busy all day. This is just <laughs> wild, isn't it?" So, I'm, like, imagine, you know, before this, I'd only heard, you know, your '90s, 2000s hip hop. I'd never heard nothing like this. All these crazy polyrhythms and stuff. So, it just blew my mind. Oh, that bass that comes in and it, it influenced on how we dance because um, a few of us in the dance group we we went from dancing to, from pop into traditional P and G funk to, to to this and there was no other dancers in the scenes that we were going to that were dancing to this kind of stuff they were doing very like regimented rehearsed kind of dances to like the traditional music and then we'd like pop these tunes on and we'd just start popping it was it was it was a really good time for us it just felt different. As, yeah like these songs were just crazy man i recommend listening to this whole cd like it is mad I, I, i'm gonna definitely check for it mate most definitely it's amazing yeah yeah i think alex not is actually from wolverhampton you know Dred. yeah i know he's up from i mean 
I don't. I, I'm not going to lie. I'm really crap when it comes to the different cities and accents. And that. I know. I know that he's. He sounds more like you than he does me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah walls, he's, man. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, walls I used to follow him. Man. I used to follow him around, man. Like I went when I played at um, Soundwave Festival. He was um, playing there, and um, there's this lady who knows both of us, kind of thing. And she was like, "Go and talk to him." And I was like, fanboying, like, "No, I don't want to do that. I'm shy." <laughs> And I was just chatting to him. I mean, he didn't give a shit. I mean, who I was, but I was just like, "Hey, man, you're a big influence, man. You're amazing. Like, I really love your tunes. Like, it's one of them idiots, kind of thing." I was like, "Yeah, I'm playing main stage tomorrow. You should come through." He didn't. Like, yeah, yeah, mate. <laughs> Bastard. Nah, nah, wicked, wicked. Nah, I'm loving that, man. I'm loving that. But yeah, I mean, so at this time, you sort of listening to these beats. Do, were you? still as heavily influenced by like east and west coast hip-hop or is it more like the instrumental basic stuff you were listening to or is it just everything you know what yeah I mean? just, just i think everything that's what i liked i liked and i was just playing i mean even now i'm I'm always still listening if i'm if i'm gonna put some hip-hop on to listen to it will all like 90 percent of the time it will be old stuff um I'm, I'm very late when it comes to new hip-hop kind of thing like for example kendrick like I've always been aware that he's this like amazing rapper kind of thing, but I think the fact that he was new, I didn't, I automatically judged and didn't really care to hear it kind of thing. So like my, like my girlfriend, like you know, she loves Kendrick and all that stuff. So she was she was listening, and then I'd be hearing songs like oh, actually he's sick. So I'm always late onto new stuff because I I just yeah. love listening to old stuff just in my personal time kind of thing. Yeah, but yeah. um, yeah, around those times of those beats, yeah, I think I was just listening to everything as I usually did, but then when I was introduced to these sounds, I was like, I need more. Like, I need to hear everything. New, old, everything. And 2009 seems to be, like, a, a key year for a lot of beats made in those year, in that year, mm. around that time. Just seems to be some of the craziest, best stuff, in my opinion, in those kind of sounds, that kind of genre, whatever that genre is. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Do you, is that, like, technology change or...? There's a new bit of software that came out. What, what, what I do don't really know, to be honest. I mean, it, that might only be my opinion because, I mean, it just seems to be... It was, it was around 2009 that I got into it, for one. So, mm. obviously, that when you first get into something and you're hearing the songs, you don't really know what year that beat came out. Do you know what I mean? But um, in the years since then, when I've been buying songs, you know what, on iTunes, it will tell you the year that it came out, innit? And it, whenever I find a beat... I'm like, oh, this sounds cool. I look here, I'm like, oh, it's 2009 or yeah, 2010. Yeah, yeah. Like, and I'm like, why you is everything... You spanking new. And yeah, like and yeah, everything yeah. just seems to be from that kind of era. And like Spacek and that, he's one of my favourites. I didn't know that he had stuff that, well, the bat, the group Spacek, had yeah. stuff from like 99, 2000. And I'm like, this sounds like it was made 10 years later than that kind of thing. It's so hard yeah. to judge when these things are from. I mean, the, the SP, uh, is it 4... 404 whatever it is sampler mm. whenever that come out was definitely a game changer because a lot of the la beat producers used that hardware so that definitely has something to do with it do you know what i mean mm. once once people went past the npcs like the dealers and the uh, rocks and all that stuff so i think the hardware is definitely something to do with it but there was mm. must have been some kind of experimental revolution that happened that everyone was just like i'm making yes. mad shit mm. yeah somebody found a new plugin or something and then <laughs> yeah <laughs> Do you yeah, know what I mean? started sampling eight bit games and it just went crazy. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's the thing now, isn't it? People mm. just, just bare eight bit with some bass lines and some yeah. dirty jump breaks. It's, and it's stuff. just 
It's just a formula that just works, man. Like yeah. there's a guy called Dibiase in the LA. I was going to say exactly that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And yes. he's like, he's got a tape called Machines Hate Me, and he's got another one called like something Goons or something. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. There's um, I've actually got I've got some of his stuff here, you know. Yeah, like yeah. like he's one of the early guys that I got into when I started doing my digging, and I just got loads of his stuff, and I I would just play just hours of that mad shit at that. But I had, I had a night called. Um, rum and bass at um, that black sheep bar and it was just about seven hours of just that just crazy beats and bass for seven hours yes oh my god oh exactly omg i play this tune all the time pay attention and let it ride on oh my yeah, yeah, yeah. No need. This no, is like no, no. I'm gonna say underworld Hades like sixteen bit hell music. Like it's just <laughs> it's just crazy. Like I remember playing in a basement in East and we played all this kind of stuff in a big system in some dark basement and it's just like it's just Man, oh, I, I can't. I can't wait to just it's go crazy. And play out, man. I swear, mate. Listen, when it's I, open, I you, you need to come live, V-Bar. You and Crut Live, mate. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm there, star. I'm there. You guys yeah. come down, I'm and there. we'll sort you out, man. Because that's this is what it's gonna be. <laughs> All night, oh, cheap drinks. You know, Bridget, me, me and Beat Push will just be in that element, man. We will just be like this whole yeah, for real. Like this man, serious. <laughs> just That'll be it, mate. Drinks shaking <laughs> off the table on that. Just like yo, <laughs> neck vertebrae gone. You get me, you get me. Nah, nah, definitely, definitely, definitely. Now, so, okay, so talk to me about, I mean, you've got, again, like talking to Conrad yesterday and you, you got your finger in a lot of different pies. Mm. Like, I mean, I was looking at one on your YouTube channel and seeing oh, yeah. your, your thing there, what is it, Beats and Bars? Beats and Liquor. Beats and Liquor, that's <laughs> yeah. the one. So, that's mate, like one of my favourites, man. That is crazy. Talk, talk to the people yeah. about the concepts behind that. Alright, so Beats and Liquor, it's um it's a YouTube show um where we get two sometimes three, but two DJs back to back, track for track, um, is filmed. And um the aim is you gotta put the other DJ off. So like you gotta throw a beat into the mix that the other one will have trouble mixing out of. So basically the slogan is if the mix ain't hot, you take a shot. So um <laughs> That, and that's it. It's like a drinking game for DJs. So think think boiler room, but with DJs having fun. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, and not boiler just, room with pissed DJs. Basically. Yeah, just not standing there bored, like posing. Like this is DJs like just while out at this show, and that's what we want. We encourage. We 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 want bad mixing. So we we kind of have to brief everyone before we we get them on. We're like, look, like have fun. You ain't got to worry about. You know, this is just just do. You know mash up the other guy this isn't like a uh, orchestrated mix like just go in kind of thing and when you tell them that they're like yeah okay kind of thing and it's, it's just good watching djs just mess up <laughs> our host just hotting them up and then yeah the just, host is who's the host the host is funny he's, he's, he's actually my best friend um tubby boy he just lives yeah, down man, the road he's, quality, he's, he's, he's like my best friend and he's hilarious he's heavy, yeah heavy. every time tubby boy and um yeah, so you would just hot them up, and we we started off in the boiler room HQ, um, filming them there. They didn't know we were doing it. Uh, I had a friend there, shout out to Massey, and um, he was like, "Yo, you can just come in. I'll book it, saying it's me, and you can just come and use it." And we were like, "Cool, man, boiler room, sweet." So we were just doing it there, but it never started off to be a show. Basically, it was for my um 
for my birthday, I just wanted to get some DJs together and just have a mix mm. somewhere cool, <laughs> hidden, you know. So he was like, yeah, use this. And then as we were going, we were like, yeah, we should do, if you mess up a mix, we should take a shot. Yeah, cool. Yeah, we should film it. And obviously he does all the filming for Boiler Room. So he was like, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah. We were like, cool. And it just turned into this show. We, and on the night, we were like, we need a name. Beats and Liquor. All right, fuck it. Yeah, we'll call it Beats. And then it just turned into that. And um, my partner, big, big, massive shouts out to Wifey. She's um, a graphics flipping wizard. And she does all the animation for it. So together, it was just it's become this really good thing and DJs kind of wanted to get on it and we had a, a very small studio audience kind of thing and it was just wicked so that, I've been waiting for lockdown to finish just for beats and liquor right right it is an absolute it's, madness yeah. man do you know what I mean because I, I, I saw one round where there was three of you and you yeah. were playing and yeah me father James you, you dropped some off beat on beat thing <laughs> that was ridiculous I was like oh you I, I felt like <laughs> swearing for the guy do you know what I mean yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna hit him up now. Yeah, his name's Spider James. He's my boy as well. He lives. He's another guy who lives down the road. He's um part of LAB Collective. Me, him. All oh, right. Okay. Boy. Wicked. And um at the end of the night, my friend was holding back his dreads as he was throwing up <laughs> from all the wow. shots he had to take. Wow. Oh, it was a messy one. Yeah, that was good fun. Episode two. That was that was good. <laughs> so is that something you still want to continue once this oh. lockdown nonsense is over? hundred percent that's that's, that's one of my on. yeah that's one of my kind of like that's my baby do you know what i mean like i want to put everything i got into into making that something because it's, it's just fun and everyone seems it to is. enjoy it so i just want to yeah i just want to do it more i want to take it to other cities um i just want to take it everywhere and get djs from them cities coming on and doing special versions like just do everything I can of it, man. Because it's, it's just, it's nah, just that, that is wicked. It's good that is wicked. You have to bring that up these ends, mate. Because that's funny, man. That's funny. Yeah, but that's I'll make sure I'll put the link under the, in the description under this, mate. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? Because people cool. got to see that. That's quality, yeah. absolute quality. So what else? So the Lab Collective. You talk about the Lab Collective. What, what's that mm. all about? Um, yeah, well, it just started off as um, me and my boy Devo, because um, we we were like a DJ duo that was into all this mad music kind of thing. We just kind of. Mm. I think um, I can't remember how. I think someone was playing at his birthday at some mad house party, and he's like, "I'll oh, come through. It's my boy's party. He's a DJ. Come play." So I bought one deck, um, some crappy that old Denon deck, and I'd done a set there on one deck using instant doubles and Serato, and I was just playing all this mad shit at this like crowded house party. And he came in and he's like, "Bro, have you like all this?" And from then on, we were like. <laughs> We were just friends. So that's some kindred spirit thing. Yeah, like properly. And we just started DJing together whenever we could, all this kind of crazy stuff. And um, then I was like, I I think I must have seen some really short little Facebook video documentary thing about collaboration and collectives. And I thought, you know what? We should do a collective kind of thing. So I kind of hollered at a few different kind of promoter DJ groups that were really small, but just starting out. And I was like, look, Mm -hmm. we should link up and just make some mad collective kind of thing and then we all got together come up with a name lab and that was it and a lot of them like a couple of the groups grew quite big and they kind of branched off and done their own thing we've all stayed kind of friends and pushing each other like one of them now she lives um she's moved to nigeria live with her parents and she's still like repping the tea and stuff when she's djing out there so we're we're kind of spread out now and then um I kind of focused it again, just got some, like my boys who I've known for years and one new guy, like Father James, Tubby, we kind of got together and just done the more 
like a laser focused thing rather than a spread out group but we kind of reformed it and um like we kind of started it proper again how it is now as in me tubby and father um in about january last year <sighs> just before lockdown yeah, just before lockdown. yeah so we, exactly. we went over to paris we played on rinse paris out there we played some mad dancehall play we don't i mean dancehall isn't really a lab affiliated genre that people know us for playing but we just <laughs> played it there affiliated yeah like we're, we're trying like to that. be like you know as far as branding goes we're trying to be i'm trying to be kind of busy as a brand will play all this but then lab we're known for this so I'm, i was trying to keep it like that do you know what i'm saying um so yeah, we were playing all all these kind of bass music and kind of that kind of stuff on the radio, and then at night we just, just tore up soaker and dance all at this <laughs> this club in Paris. Like it was it was really cool. But um, and then obviously COVID came before we could do all these other. We had a lot of other stuff lined up, and it just demolished everything. Mm. But, <laughs> but yeah, so but you're still, lab, you're that's still keeping lab. busy, man. Because like like you and Conrad, mm, you, two of the most the workingest people I've seen, mate, <laughs> doing streams and stuff, man. Jeez. I mean, I'm like, mad what, what, what are you on at the moment? Yeah, what, what, it's, it must be therapy. What, what are you doing at the moment? Stream-wise? Mm. Um, well, I've got... I don't... To be honest, I should, but I don't really have a structure as far as my home streaming. Go. I'll be like, you know what? I might do a stream later. Or someone will hit me right, up on right. my DMs and be like, oh, when are you doing another stream? I'll be like, fuck it. I'll do one in an oh, hour. Now. Like, yeah. <laughs> but I'm not doing that. I'm just applying for jobs at the moment. So <laughs> I can literally stream whenever. But um, so I've got one called Busy so- uh, Busy Social Club. Um, mm-hmm. So that's, you know, I'll just do a stream. The last, like, the one you you locked into, that was the, the Piss Off 2020 live stream. That was the one. That was the yeah, one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um, but yeah, since I first started streaming when lockdown came in, it's been like a busy social club. But um, that V bar that I was telling you about, whether what you locked into last night, um, yeah. that they asked me to come down all the time. They're like, oh, wait, do you want to come down and do a stream? Because they got the green screen and all the setup. And I, I'm, you know, I love going down there. They're like, they're like my new family, man. They've been keeping my me sane during this whole flipping mm-hmm. thing, like, you know. So I go down there, you know, clean everything, wipe it down. And I'll just do a live stream there for like no rules, no nothing. And they stream it to a few of theirs and then one of mine and have some shots and <laughs> just living, just go nuts. So that's yeah. basically all I'm doing stream wise, unless there's little people that sometimes I get booked to do like a special one here or a special one there or like a gig one there. But they're very few and far between like that One Nation one was my favorite <laughs> one I've done that wasn't mine because it was it wasn't like an orchestrated gig like a a paint a zoom paint party or something like that. it was that like, which <laughs> Man, are fun was, was, like they're yeah. fun to do but i mean that was the one that wasn't a zoom party that i enjoyed because i could just play whatever and not just for yeah. like corporate things kind of thing yeah mate that i tell you what man that um the sound check for that, for Crocs birthday party, man. People weren't messing around, Dred. You were. Yeah, we was all like, no, no, I got this tune. People just came in People just came with fire straight away at the sound mm. check on a Tuesday. You know what I mean? That's to let everyone Crazy. know, man. Yeah, you did it. <laughs> Rawr. Nah, it was, it, was, it was definitely good. Definitely good. So, mm. I mean, what, what, what's your, your sort of mindset now doing, like going through this whole kind of lockdown? Obviously, it's, the whole lockdown's kind of mashed up. Anyone mm. working in the arts, people doing good things like yourself as, as DJs or people organising events. Yeah. I mean, how have you kept yourself sane just doing these streams? Has that been like your, your main yeah. kind of outlet? Yeah, that's been 
well yeah the only outlet really because um because like i said i, I left um my day job in 2019 to do mm. it so that was literally my only income was was gigs and obviously right. I, done, I did my own events like the beat meet was a producer event and i done parties and stuff so that that was it kind of thing mm. and um so when it did come in I've, i mean i've been you know i'm not gonna lie i was getting i've been getting really down throughout the year like really mm. down and like, i just gotta you know thank thank my girlfriend she's been really patient and been amazing just amazing um just like helping me out through this year kind of thing so these streams and like getting that interaction with even if like three people lock into the stream if i know that they're there and giving a little chat in a chat room it really does help a lot for your kind of like i don't know what the word is for your for your mental do you know what i mean like it, it really mm. does make a difference so um playing doing these streams going out seeing my you know my, my one two friends in, in v-bar doing a stream there like the radio a few people just hitting you up on whatsapp even if someone what like i don't think people realize as well when it comes to djs i think a lot of people just take djs and music for granted like oh they're just pushing buttons they're playing tunes but like when we're doing it like i mean i know everyone's different but i know when i'm doing it it really does mean a lot when you get people just just locking in and just saying yeah tune man or yeah, yeah what you're saying biz yeah. do you know what i mean even if it's two people like we love it as DJs when people come and show love for what you're doing because that's what mm. uh, we do it initially for the love of music. So it's nice when you get people in and it, it, them little interactions really have helped me through this whole year thing, through this whole, all the ups and downs. Like I've tried loads of things, I've, you know, applied for millions of jobs, just nothing. It, it really does. They don't do much for your self-esteem, do you know what I mean? You think, no, God, no, like, of course, man. literally, like, what, do I, what do I do? So when you, these little breakaways, it, it, it's, yeah, it really does help a lot. It's great. It's definitely been keeping me going, these live streams, man. And just little things like this, just chatting to people about music, meeting new people. It's like, it's, you know, I love it. Yeah. I, I, I definitely have oh, I found a sort of newfound love for, for the arts and music during this sort of lockdown thing, sort of like the, the whole Buddha Palm thing. Mm. prior to this whole lockdown was like primarily kind of like cinema. We did like a pop-up cinema thing in mm. Wolverhampton and we had like music and food and games and all sorts of things at the, at the events. And then the we, we did an event, it was really successful. Then the lockdown came literally like two weeks after the event, man. It just mashed up the runnings, man. Mashed up the runnings like the cramp, mate. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's literally, just, oh, it's so Horrible. annoying, isn't it? Horrible. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's such it, a sick name, by the way. Buddha Palm is such a cool... It's just like that Kung Fu movie name. From when I first saw it, I thought, <laughs> Buddha Palm is a wicked name, man. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. That's a wicked Thank name. You. Thank you. But it, it, is, it is like... So it, it just gives me like a, a bigger love for music and a, a mm. bigger respect for people like yourself, Croc, or all the DJs out there doing the thing. Because yeah. I think like DJs and musicians and the people putting on events, nightclubs, bars, restaurants, they've been disproportionately hit by this thing man do you know what i mean yeah. and it's it's been brutal man do you know what i mean that's the and thing i think what, what's life without music and just relaxing you know what i mean people Whack. people have all found out what life is without music, about <laughs> live music anyway and that's the main thing people complain about and See, the, yeah. the funny thing is is like like people like us doing these these things for people to watch and listen to for like free do you know what i mean people can just come in lock in we don't ask for nothing mm. throughout this whole this whole thing where DJs have been just all over Instagram live streams, just constantly giving people content. Like, I hope people <laughs> remember this 
where we start charging for tickets again to come to our events and don't try a poncer free little Saturn and do you know what I mean? I'll be like, you really gonna ask me for this? You really asking for guest list, bro? Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how it, once everything does open up again, how it how it is. Do you know what I mean? How how people receive it all kind of thing. If anything changes yeah. and because yeah. you know the, the the not only DJs but just like visual artists and all kinds of cre- like so much different creativity is is come people have just found ways to do things and make things work so so much has come over this last year mm. it'd be nice to see, hopefully like the public as when I say the public I just mean the non-creatives kind of thing, like the the, mm. the consumers the consumers yeah yeah they they realize and take that into consideration what these all these people have done to adapt to literally entertain them <laughs> for all this kind of crappy time and just just appreciate that more when it when it does come out like it's not just an you know, opportunity for you to just get pissed again but you can you can get pissed to, to live to, to live music and experiences again and um so yeah hopefully yeah that you know that that goes up for the better as well and people don't take it for granted again yeah yeah definitely i think there's a lot of lessons to take from this i think mm. like you're saying you know what i mean you've you've got to realize that you know what i mean when the going got tough your missus come and stepped up and got your back and helped sort mm. your head out during the whole year man do you know what mm-hmm. i mean i think you get to realize what's important do you know what i mean i know mm-hmm. i have you know what i mean with like what, family definitely. and the time with the family and my girls my, my, my wife you know what i mean like mm, my friends them you know what i mean 100 percent. Mm. without all those guys around me that little circle around me man yeah horrible so I'm, year, I'm, mate I'm very much a people person. Like I'm, I've always been happiest when there's someone around me. Do you know what I mean? I'm not. I know, I know a lot of people. Like a lot of my friends are introverts, and one of my mm. friends, when lockdown come in, I message him. I'm like, you must be so happy because <laughs> he's one of these guys that always comes up with a reason to not come out. Like ah, oh, you know, like this is whatever happening, whatever. So he just wouldn't come out. So people like that. I think they're cool, innit? They just they're got just to safe. put some tunes on. <laughs> been and social distancing for thirty years, anyway. Yeah, you know I mean? yeah, that's what I was yeah. saying. You've been you've been social distancing, <laughs> but um, yeah. So like, I'm I'm a very I like being around people kind of thing. Mm. So um, yeah, it's definitely definitely made me appreciate. Like you know you know them friends. You kind of realize the pe- that you see the people that message you and like oh just just checking in, man, seeing how you're doing. Like you, you notice mm. them things more. Them mm. um, yeah, like they those kind of messages mean a whole lot more now than they would have done a year ago when you yeah. know, you'd be with people and just read the message. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, I'm blessed. How are you doing? Now you're alone in a room. So when, when that person messages you, you're like, you know what? I need this message. Like, thanks. You know, I'm well. Thank you, man. Do you know what I mean? And you, you, you realise who the people you're bonded with differently kind of thing. Mm. I, mm. I've definitely made, built some kind of stronger kind of relationships through this 100%. No, nah, that's big, man. That's a big, big, big message. So mm. how do you think this whole sort of, when the, when the shackles get taken off, mm. right, and you're ready to, like, unleash busy on the world, you know what I mean? World War Three yeah. and four and five and six, <laughs> right? How do you think you will, will you change or adapt in any way following this past year and what lessons learned from the past year? Do you think? I, don't really, I don't really know, to be honest. Like... I mean, I guess you have to do whatever the rules are. You know, any any changes oh, yeah. that are kind of compulsory, you know, you'll go with that anyway. But as far as like me and how I play and what I play and what I do, I don't. I mean, I guess I'm gonna be. I want to be more kind of focused on what I'm doing because I'm one of these guys that's like, I'll have an idea on my head. That's a wicked idea. Let me do it, and I'll be doing. I'll be trying to do ten things, flopping all of them rather than doing one good thing. And my right, partner has right, always right. said, she's always said, like, you need to 
just focus on this, stop doing this, stop doing this to try and give me some kind of focus. So I think one thing I give I've me learned, an example example of that. Um, okay, so before um, with the whole LAB thing, um, when everything was going, I'd be doing like the beat meet, beats and liquor. I'll be doing my normal residency gigs. There's like lots of one-off parties I was doing. There was one mm. called um, Collision, where which was like a DJ kind of clash party. We had like girl DJs versus guy DJs, genre versus genre. And then there was some, I can't even remember all the names. We had one called, um, oh, what was it called? I can't even remember what it was called now. But we had this other event, which was all like Duke and Jersey Club and all and all these different things but because they were spread so thin and I was trying to do all these ideas obviously none of them were working do you know what I mean mm. like five men will come to the party and it's just like you know whereas if I where I've, I've kind of learned now not just learned but just kind of taken on board like focus I've put things on the back burner I've scrapped some things like even beat me I put on a bit of a back burner in October since October so I can focus on like busy fingers as a brand like a solo DJ brand I can focus on me work on my things and what I want to do uh, mm. musically and you know learn how to make music and just I want to the lessons that I've learned of that I'm definitely going to put into practice as a solo DJ next year so that I can just build on myself as well as platforms just for other people because I think I was focusing too much on just helping other people which is good which I like to do, do you know what I mean like beat me that's never been for me to make money or nothing it's literally so producers can play mad shit and that's mm. I just want to give a platform but now I think you know what that as well but I want to focus on on me as well now and just build up and do what I love make myself happy as and as a like a just a person and a DJ <laughs> and then everything yeah, yeah. else I can focus on later kind of thing so that's definitely yeah. what I'm going to be going into 2021 post lockdown with just guns loaded know where I want to go, know what I want to do and just flipping, just go for it, man. Just do it. Match your top. Yeah. That's, man, that's, that's, that's heavy. That's heavy. Laser focus, bro. Nah, I, mm. I love that, man. I love that. I, I think I think it is, man. Do you know what I mean? I think, I think 2020, man, 2020 is a rough year for everybody and I think going through that and coming out the other end of it, do you know what I mean? If you haven't learned anything and taken something positive, because it, it, it can be difficult for people to take something positive from a year like that. Do you mm. know what I mean? But no, definitely. If you do take something, one thing positive from it, then you gotta you gotta run with it and take it as a as a good yeah. thing. Do you know what I mean? And you yeah. said right, okay, I know what why these things have kind of flopped to try to do too many things and spread yourself too thin. So having that focus, do you know what I mean? You put that yeah. energy and all that flavor into one thing, man. That pot's gonna taste nice, star. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I'm. I, that's what I'm hoping. I think you know if I can, you know if I can kill a set on a flipping laptop and a crap internet connection, then wait till I hit that festival stage again. <laughs> <laughs> it's a problem. So I'm just kind of so gassing myself up for that. <laughs> See it there, see it there. I think no, I'll have man. a heart attack, to be honest. When I touch my first stage since lockdown, I, I don't think my body will be able to cope with the adrenaline. I think I will just like just start convulsing and just like, oh, yeah, just piss myself on stage and just fall over. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what, though? I think, I think people are just going to lose their minds anyway. So I think people will just be yep. so craving for anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Any night out. Do you know what I mean? I think, 100%. I think people will go mad. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I mean, look how like, mad it was. People even in the summer when it relaxed a little bit. I mean, you still couldn't do this, but there were still little dodgy parties going on. The streets were full. that You saw videos of like apartments just crammed with people. Like even on when they were given that tiny little, you know, leeway, they just went mad. So imagine when, 
Yeah. Mm. So I imagine when they're like, right, we're good to go. Green light. Clubs, you mm. can play music full volume. You can have full capacity. Let's go. Because <laughs> mm. <laughs> this is going to be riots. Yeah, that was it. That was the other problem as well with the... Because um, we were thinking about putting on an event in back in October, I think it was. But then yeah. they had like the, the sort of decibel limit on... In, uh, I was like... <laughs> Oh. I thought, yeah, we're good, we're good to go, we're good to go. I got the What's okay the from point? the venue. I thought, oh man, you can't play it over like talking level, yeah. talking volume. I was like, oh man. Yeah, so one of the gigs I was doing every week, crazy. the UKG one was that. It was, you could just hear people, t- it was just, what was the point? It was just awful, it was awful. Mm. You get me? Up here, I mean, up in the Midlands, man, we've been locked down for, since 19 something. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like the, down in London, you've only just been locked down. Like I've got, I've got family in East Ham. Mm. And they're moaning about the lockdown. I'm like, mate, we've been locked down since like frigging, you know what I mean? 2008. Do you know what I mean? Since, <laughs> since like farming agriculture was discovered in there. You get me? Do you know what I mean? A thousand years ago. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, man. Do you know what I mean? Seriously, man. It's, it's, been, it's been rough up here. But I think uh, linking with people like your good self or with Croc and doing mm. like the streams on a Friday and getting the interact, like you say, the interaction with people, yeah. sort of logging in and. Yeah, I mean, there's certain people that log in every week and show love, and that's wicked, man. Oh, it's I mean? nice, that's isn't it? Yeah. Kept, kept me sane, man. Kept me sane. 100%. Really Them little messages. Like, when you play in next, it's just, it's just, it's so nice. That when, you, when you know that someone actually wants to hear you play, it's like that, it just adds another thing to it. You're like, okay, so I do have a purpose. I may not have a job, but <laughs> at least mm. I have a purpose. I can play music for someone. Do you know what I mean? Mm. If I can brighten up someone's evening with some tunes, then. That that's cool. Do you know what I mean? It's it's yeah. nice. It's very nice. Yeah. Definitely. I mean I mean for you with you saying that you said, right, okay, I'm gonna do this thing full time and then the lockdown came. And that that's that's a that's a kick in the spuds, man. Do you know what oh, I mean? I just yeah. I mean I just have shit luck with things like that. <laughs> time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like a few same, a few I'm months before I sold um because I've always driven Ford Fiestas, yeah. Nice, cheap, easy to run cars. Mm. And um a few months before I left um my job I thought you know what I, I saved up months of DJ gig cash and I bought um bought a car like a bigger car I'd treat I thought you know what I mean to treat myself I've never treat had a myself. nice thing I'm like this it. yeah man yeah, yeah man. I thought I've never had something like this I've always gone for the safety like affordable sensible thing I thought let me just get something nice I get it <laughs> you know and, they, and it's all right when I'm DJing flipping no income now I've got this bigger engine I've got really expensive parts that keep like I've had so much going wrong with my car since lockdown it was fine sure. before lockdown yeah, lockdown yeah, yeah. hits and then it's like oh I need a new oil thing oh I need new tires <laughs> oh they're like all this money per tire oh I need... and it's just been like ah! <laughs> the timing was so bad for all of it just across mm. across life it was so bad it's just like, oh man, like why can this happen when I had a cheap Ford? Like, why couldn't this happen? Yeah. <laughs> it's like a tenner for a new wheel or something. So just little things like that have just been hard with it. Mm. But um yeah, yeah, the timing was really poo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah for lack of a better word. Yeah. Understatement, very poo. With <laughs> Oli O's, Nuff O's mm. after that key drink. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So yeah, man. what would you say music has given you? Because obviously you're a music head. You're a film mm. head. You're a film geek like me, man, and I love that about you, bro. You know what I mean? Mm. What would you say music has given you? In one word, purpose. And mm. across the board, like like hunger and purpose. Because it's, it's pretty much all I'm into. I'm not a sporty guy. I like video games, you know, that, like that. But as far as like passion goes, 
it's always been music since I was listening to it, listening to it wasn't enough. So I started dancing to it, like as in dancing, dancing, dancing wasn't enough. So I thought, you know, I need to play this to other people. I need, I need other people to hear it, how I hear it. You know, it's never been enough. So then, you know, I'm into making it now. So it's just a drive. It's just a driving force. If I didn't have, for example, if all my fingers, if I woke up with no hands and no means to play, I would literally feel like, there is no point in me being in this realm. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, there's nothing else that I would want to do. There's, no, there's mm. nothing else that I'm interested in. So it's literally music is is my purpose <laughs> and yeah, life. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's all I'm good at. It's all I love to do. I mean, I like cooking as well, but that's not, not quite as much as music. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, hey. just purpose, bro. Nah, that's it. Real. Nah. Uh, and, and what's it done for you? It, obviously, it's given you a purpose, but that, that's what you like doing. Yeah, it's, um, it's obviously got you to playing in, in Brooklyn and all this business. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, know, it's, it, it sounds like, amazing. I've met amazing people. I've met like other artists and DJs that you know I would have liked had I not been a DJ. You know, just as a consumer, I would have like loved. So it's given me the opportunity to just meet just cool people, just cool mm. people in general. And it's it's kind of like it gives you a really good kind of ice breaking topic as well. Do you know what I mean? Because I'm not very good at like. I've never like it's. It, it, I think music has given me the confidence, even just to talk with people, because I've got something interesting I can say. Or oh, what are you into? Oh, it gives you more kind of stuff to talk about and interact with people with, kind of thing. And in this, yeah, yeah, I think that that as well, really. <laughs> just yeah. let, and like you said, it's to, let me go to cool places and just just do cool shit, man. <laughs> just yeah. do cool shit and free drinks. Nah. See, yeah, yeah. Hey, that's it, man. Do you know, know I mean? why not, man? She drinks, mate. Shots. Free stuff. Shots, 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 shots. Yeah, man. Freeness. freeness. Freeness is my favourite cheap. You know what I mean? That's my favourite level of Free cheap. is the best price. I, I love free. Free is great. We like we like free. We like free on Buddha Palm. We like free. So what, what would your tips be for somebody looking to move in this sort of direction, be a DJ, producer, event, putting on events, that sort of thing. What, what would your tips be? Obviously post-COVID. <laughs> yeah, post-COVID. Because right now, don't, don't do it, mate. Do you know what I mean right now? Yeah. What, what would your tips be? Um, know, <laughs> know what you want to do, for one. Pick something you want to do as a main thing to focus on. And also, what I always say to people when they ask me is don't wait. Don't like because I, I i feel like i waited a few i feel like if i went as ham as i go now when i very first started i feel like i would be a lot further than i am so that's one thing i've always kicked myself for like waiting and i've, I've always reg my one regret is that so what i always say to all like the younger like djs and stuff that ask me things i'll say look if there's somewhere you want to play something you want to do don't wait do it now do what you need to do to do it now kind of thing so that's one that's would be num my number one thing to people is just go for it um i know uh, one thing one political thing i always get into talks with, with with other djs is the whole like how the scene is quite watered down with with people that seem to be in not not for the wrong reasons because obviously you can do you can get into something why you want to you know you, you know you, mm. you can do what you want but i find a lot of djs especially in london and a lot of places i've gone they'll get booked because of like what they look like or what they wear or what their image is and i'm like i think for, for for music heads like me and other djs i know it's like a kick in the teeth where you know this is our passion and we put a lot into this and 
a lot of people get booked because like they have this the latest trainers and like, this is their mm. image. So I think mm. if you're if you're if Instagram like, DJs, you yeah, like if like you want to get into something, and all that shit. Yeah, mm. if it, do it as a like if if you're in it for the right reason, I think people will tell, kind of thing. So like if if you're like if you love hip hop, and you want to be a hip hop DJ because you love it, don't feel like you need to rely on other things to do it. Like just your your you your love for it will shine through and people will resonate with that and be drawn to it. I think that's always been one thing that I said to people because like people ask me, oh, um, c- like, can you teach me to DJ or stuff? Like, I've got lots of friends that have asked me to do it and I'm always like, yeah, sure, come through. And you can always tell who's serious because obviously sometimes they just won't come or they'll come, they'll touch the deck for 10, five minutes and then they'll just stop and then go and chill and i'm like well you obviously don't mm. want to be a dj 10 minutes mate. yeah you don't want to learn like if 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 you if you really want to be it like because they'll keep asking like there's a few friends that keep asking oh yeah busy like when are we gonna do this when are we gonna do this i'm like fam i'm here I'm, i don't have a job i've been here for a year you can come at any time and learn to mix but you know they, they post, they'll post little things up there to do that and i'm like do you want to be a dj because you 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 know, you want to play tunes and, and you want to love it or do you just want to be, have DJ in your Instagram handle? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, why, yeah, why yeah, do you want yeah. to do it kind of thing? So mm. I'll focus my, I'll give my time and attention to people that I know actually want to do it. Whereas if someone just hits me up like, oh yeah, DJ lesson. I'm like, okay, well, tw- £20 an hour then. <laughs> if, if you're not, if you're not on this properly, then don't waste yeah, my time my with time, it. At least yeah, pay me time, for it. Yeah. Time, time's not cheap, man. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. A finite so, resource. You yeah, know but I'd mean? say, yeah, as a number one tip, just go, just don't wait for anything. Don't wait to get this equipment. Don't wait for that. Just flip in, just do it and take mm. it serious from the get-go and you'll, and you'll get where you want to be. Yeah. Mm. Nah, powerful words, brother. Powerful words. No, nah, I like that. I like that. So anything else you want to talk about, about, about the, the Lab Collective and things you want to do? Any more um, jewels? Because I, I like what you're saying there, man. Do you know what I mean? Don't wait, man. Just go for it. Do you know what I mean? Would you yeah. say, say for example, somebody got an opportunity to play a, play a venue they didn't think they were ready for? Do it. What, what would you advise? Just do it. Wing it. Do it. Yeah, do the best you can. Like, what I think one thing I've always, I, I, I say yes to a lot of things and I'll figure out how I'm going to do it in the meantime. Do you know what I mean? So I'll be like, yeah, cool. Like, but that's because, well, like, like I said, the first time I ever DJed in a venue, was the first time I touched CD deck, so I had to make it work. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, I think yeah. so. I think if you if you say yes, you're signed into that now. So you have to make it work. You cannot fail, kind of thing. So you know, if you want to play at this club or you want to play on this lineup or something, and and you're lucky enough to have someone just ask you to play there, like you don't know if that's going to happen again. Because I, I know damn well there's places that I've wanted to play for years and. They don't ask me like a lot, a lot, a lot of the gigs I've played. I, I, I'll ask them. I'll get in touch with them. I'll be like, "Yo, I'd like to play there sometime." You know, sometimes you got to do that. So if if someone asks you to play somewhere, you better you better say yes, or I'll slap <laughs> you my damn self. And just do the best you can, man. Do the best you yeah. can because the thing is, if you love it, and you know you're good at what you do, because like another thing I say to people as, as far as DJing goes, if you if your selection is good. The, the beat matching don't really matter because I know that I would if I'm in a club I would rather hear wicked tunes that were mixed terribly than hear shit tunes that are mixed amazingly do you know what I mean so I'd say if your tunes are bad 
then it ain't really going to matter too, too much. As long as you're not just flipping overlapping tunes for minutes at a time. If you just if you play good tunes, people will have a good time. So you can worry about your mixing later. Just take any opportunity that gets thrown at you and do the best that you can with it, with each one. 100%. And that's just, that's just what I've tried to do. Jules, Jules, mate. <laughs> Troll it. Serious, man. Serious. So a couple more questions, right? Mm. Have you ever had any gigs where it's all gone peak tongue for you? Mate, how long have you got? Have you got another five hours? <laughs> Go. Oh, we got as long as you need, brother. You know what I mean? mean? I, I, don't know if I, I don't even know if I could think of one. I, I just feel like I'm always stressed. Like 50% of my gigs, I'm stressed out in them. Because either something don't work or you get there and there's like something ain't working with a deck or there's not like there's no sound engineer in a place i mean there's one place i was playing at um we played at regularly so i'm not gonna say it but um it's like the sound speaker the sound system's kind of crap anyway but um they had some new some new guy working there and um there was no sound coming out of the booth speaker and this other speaker and um it's one of the ones where the wires are all tucked away because i mean i know how to set stuff up that's on my mm. number if I, you know, it's your system, I don't know where your buttons are and where your things are. So I must have said to the guy, like, look, it opens in five minutes. I'm not getting no sound. And he's like, well, you're the DJ. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm not the sound man, am I, mate? So can you fucking get someone, please? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because, and he was like, there's little things like that. that I'm just like, oh. but, um, I've, done, I've played places where one deck hasn't worked at all. So I've had to do five hour sets on one deck with Raw. instant doubles on Serato um, or you go places and there's like um, wait, what else have I what other things I've done one thing I hate as well is when you get booked for somewhere like especially if you like there's one place that I, I, I knew the person from years ago because I played for her birthday she went off and done like modelling or something in New York came back and she ran a place in Bath yeah <laughs> and she messaged me you know years later she's like oh do you still DJ and I'm like yeah yeah she goes, oh, um, can I, I want to book you for a hip-hop and R&B, an old-school hip-hop and R&B night. In Bath. In, that's what I, that's exactly <laughs> how I said it. I said, where Royal is it? Bath. Yeah, I said, where is this? She went, oh, Bath. I was like, Bath. Bath. Not Bath, not Bath. It's Bath in Wolverhampton in Bath. <laughs> in Bath. In I said, in Bath. Bath. <laughs> so, wait. So, I was like, you want to book me for a hip-hop and R&B night in Bath? She's like, yeah. I was like, are you sure? Because I was like, you know what I play. And I went through the whole thing. I'll tell you about it. Yeah, I ain't got this music. I ain't got that music. Yeah. So what you book me for is what you will get. She's like, yeah, no, definitely. That, that's, that's what I want. I was like, all right, cool. And like, the, the pay was nice. So I'm not going to say no to that. Went down. They saw that it's a really nice hotel on, on top of a really nice bar. Like it was multiple bars in one venue that had its own dedicated rum bar. So that had me from them. Mm, I mean, beautiful place. I mean, they gave us a whole floor for me and my friends to all stay there. It was wicked. So I'm thinking, yeah, this okay. This might actually be cool. Went there. No one there. No one in there for the whole night. And you know when it just it just it just soaks your energy out. Like you're just mm. there and you feel, it feels like work then. It doesn't feel like mm. your love. So I was just standing there just like, just for hours, just like, just playing the tunes. There's, there's no, you know, the only person enjoying it was me, a couple of my friends who was there and then the lady that booked me. <laughs> so I'm like, did you book me for you? Or did you book me? Well, like... And then another time, another friend of mine, he, um, he, used to work at the Black Sheep Bar where I started. So he's known me from when I started. So he knows what, exactly what I play. And um, he went on to run some bar in Epsom. I don't know if you know Epsom, but that's yeah, like, um, it's where the, uh, 
Epsom Derby, the horse, the big horse mm, racing uh, event uh, racing, where the Queen, yeah, yeah so it's, it's yeah. there. So it's very like, it's just like rich people and, you know, it's, let's let, put it this way, you won't hear many hip hop nights there. Okay. Yeah. So it's, shit. So he booked me to play there. So I'm like, Epsom, you want me to play my stuff on New Year's Eve in Epsom? New Year's Eve. New Epsom. Year's Eve, mate. New Year's yeah. Eve drive party in Epsom. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So I'm like, Look, you know me, so it's your bar. I ain't gonna say no to a gig. So I thought, fuck it, I'll, I'll go play it. <laughs> Dead. Listen, yeah. After an hour, it was empty. It was just my friends in there, and I'm looking at him like, I done told you, I haven't got all the like. The, 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 there were girls there asking for like, like spray tan girls, like, have you got like whatever whatever these songs were? I'm like, look, sorry, I don't. Like, I was booked for this. This is what you're getting, kind of thing. But I did what I played some like '90s dance stuff and some you know bits that I like and <clears throat> disco and funk and that. So old ladies were enjoying it, but even they left eventually. And then, but my but my guy at the bar and all the bar staff were going nuts. They were on the bar. They were bringing us, me and all my friends, bottles. <laughs> like he lost so much money that night because everyone left to go to other clubs, and it was just us in there. So although it was like a shit night in the sense of what you would expect a New Year's night to be for us, mm. it was good because we had a place to ourselves to do what we want with bottles of drink. So it was. But see there. there's been so many nights like that where friends have booked me for their things. But just for them and not for the for the crowd. So <laughs> yeah, you're not just, for an event. Just, yeah, I mean, yeah. There's there's been tons of stories, man. I've had like weird experience experiences with people. There's been people that's been rude that we've got into big arguments with. Talk to me. And talk to me, man. Actually, you know I'll mean? tell you. A, I'll tell you a creepy thing that was actually disgusting. Uh oh. Um, uh oh. Sounds good. <laughs> like we, I was Get playing in. Um, I was playing in Brick Lane, a place called Big Chill Bar. Yeah. I love playing there, like the staff there That's are wicked. East London, isn't it? Is that East London? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, I love playing there. The people there are amazing. And um, so, you know, there's always, there's always like that good time girl or good time guy that they'll be there by themselves dancing from the beginning and you're like, they're the energy. They're, they're there for a good time. Yeah. So you're like, yeah, you know, she's cool, man. She's dancing. Um, so I've got, some, I've got some chicken wings, right? So I'm ducking behind a booth to eat the wing because obviously I don't want I don't want to be just licking my fingers playing. So I'm like ducking, having a little wing, and then I you're look a professional. Up. You're a professional, yeah, obviously. man. You know, uphold you know. the image up. <laughs> yeah, so I'm just ducking down. I stand up and the, the girl is standing there and she's like, "Oh, got ya, caught you out." I was like, "Oh, yeah, he caught me. Oh, okay, <laughs> you know, just politely." Okay, she grabbed my hand. And licked the sauce off all four of my fingers, and like I was, you know, when I didn't even pull a, pull away because I I was just, I just didn't know what was going. You know, you're just shocked. Like my fingers just got assaulted in front of a whole dance floor. Like she just, I don't know what she was thinking. That's disgusting. Like that's wrong, man. She don't know me. I don't know her. And I was like. Do you want these wings? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to eat these now. And then like some of my girl mates were there and they just come over with the hand sanitizer, just squirting bare hand sanitizer on my hands. And I was like, thank you. Yeah, just like this. Like, yeah, like what the hell? And I was just like, what is wrong with you? So did she say anything after that? No, that, that's... that was it. She just licked sauce off of my fingers. I don't know if she was trying to be sexy or something. I don't Whoa. know what, whatever aim she was... Whatever look she was aiming for, she missed. I don't know what she was going for. Raw. So I was just like, 
okay and just clean my hands carried on that was that was foul man that was foul <laughs> that's so nasty <laughs> jesus christ yeah so yeah, man that's that's, that's a that's, that's a, a no need to talk that's a, not even a line it's like yo come here suck it yeah it's nothing just grab my hand and did it yeah so that mm. That's one thing I don't think I'll forget in a hurry. Yeah, that's Pretty grim. Gross. That's grim as hell, man. So, okay, so what about your best gig? Where everything just went perfectly, you smashed it, and you would love to um, do it again. End it on a high, rather than getting your fingers licked, man, because that's okay. just wrong. Yeah, I mean, I, to be honest, I don't know if I could pick my singular favourite, but there's a place where I do love to play, and I've been booked there every year since, since the first time I played there, and that's, there's a festival called Brainchild Festival. It's in Lewis, just near Brighton, in the middle of nowhere. It's like an independently run. It's like a very small team that runs it. There's no big corporate funding. It's, it's very organic and it's like for the people kind of thing. Mm. So, um, but before I went there, my boy Devo, who was the other original LAB guy, he said, oh, do you want to come play at this festival with me? And I was like, hell yeah, like let's do this kind of thing. He's like... You know, it's it's a bit different. I was like, okay. So I went there and I'd see all these girls walking around in like hippie trousers and kind of, you know, these earthy kind of yeah, people. Yeah. And I was like, bruv, where the hell have so, you bought me? Dirty bare feet and all that. Like, kind of stuff. It, was, it was mad. Like, the girls would walk around topless and stuff. And I was like, what is, th- what is this place kind of thing? It wasn't like a big Ram like house festival. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't like mm. that. You got a lot of like jazz bands going there and, um, it, it, it was amazing, but I didn't know. Like on first appearances, I, I just thought it was some hippie flipping place, and I thought, "Bruv, what am I gonna play it?" He's like, "No, trust me, man. Trust me. Just we'll do us. Trust me." I was like, "All right, cool." And throughout the day, I saw loads of people I know. It was basically South London, all chilling in a park. That's what the vibe was like. It, <laughs> there were so many people that I knew. There's loads of artists. So, do you know um, Steam Down, the jazz, the jazz band? No, I don't jazz know. group. No. They were a really big uh, jazz group that um, and Ezra Collective and all those lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ezra um, yeah. They've all they all play there. They've all played there, and so it's that kind of place, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, so anyway, throughout the day, I'm hearing all this cool music. I thought, okay, so maybe it's not, you know, it's all right. Got to our set now. Yeah, it was our set started when the main stage closed, so everyone kind of finds other places to go. Yeah, uh, we just started, and we we done a back to back set just link two controllers together and we you know we never rehearse nothing we never have playlists we just just go uh, that's how that's how i've always done my sets always and um we just did that and it was amazing like it just felt like I, I, i'm kind of my heart's racing just thinking about it the energy was just different and i mean I, i've played outlook festival in croatia i've played soundwave festival in croatia i've played boiler room i've played all these things but this place the energy was so just just authentic and real. People weren't there to pose. People weren't there to just get wasted. And the people were just on one energy. It was it was amazing. And I mean, I finished. I remember. I remember. I finished on Roy Ayers. Everybody loves the sunshine. Yeah, wicked. Uh, but, uh, and we were playing grime, soca, old school hip hop, like garage, everything. Just mad combos. And we brought the music down. And because everyone thought that was there, you know, the encore, like, and everyone mm. was just going flipping crazy. One more song, one more song. <laughs> and then I know I don't know, I just went push play, and we'll hear, and everyone was like, everyone was just like, 
Kubrick's <laughs> Fool, man, yeah. My life, my life, my life. And it was just like, it was beautiful. And after that, they've like, I've become friends with the, the, the ladies that run the whole festival and they've just got us back every single year. The same slot, the Saturday night slot, the main one after that stage close. And, and, every, and, and every year that's gone there, people have like, they see us and they're like, oh, busy oh devo oh are you on you on again at on the same slot kind of and we just got a lot of love from it and it's it's become like a part of the festival now where people uh, everyone just comes to that stage because they know that it's it's, it's going to be mad vibe. yeah, yeah and like to the point where it spills <clears throat> out of the, it's like a massive tent but it spills outside of the tent and it's it's just it's crazy like it's it's just crazy every year and um I done a beat meet on a stage there before as well. So we had live producer jams. I was like beatboxing a bass line through some flipping through SP five five five. We had that, and then there that this year, last year rather, I was meant to do that that set with Devo. Then I was meant to do one in the forest. They've got some crazy forest DJ booth with like all the speakers facing down in a square with lights in the middle of a forest. So oh. they were going to get me on there to do like the specialist bass stuff I like doing. On and some they were, druid shit. Yeah, you know like, I mean? it is crazy. <laughs> and then they were also going to get a Beats and Liquor. So I was going to do like three or four. Oh, and, I, and I've done a silent disco there as well. So there was like four things we were meant to do on this one. And then obviously COVID kind of thing. But yeah, oh, sorry, man. going back to the question brainchild festival yeah. as a whole brainchild is probably the, the best places i've ever played just because of the natural raw just this is what you want as a dj there it's, it's beautiful like it's, it's amazing that that's just trumps all the other things i've played yeah wicked wicked Definitely. wicked so shouts to them every time uh, that's that sounds mm. amazing man that sounds i'll have to look out for that i've never heard of it never yeah of it's, it. it's great because everyone camps together as well they're, they're, it's not like the VIP DJ area. There's no such thing as a VIP area there. Everyone chills with everyone, mm. and everyone eats with everyone. It's just every. It's like friends chilling in a park. That's that's how I how I could just compare it. Like definitely look out for it, man. It's it's brilliant. Heavy, it's brilliant. heavy, heavy. So I mean, you were talking about like the the production side of things. Is that something you're going into now, or you're already in into? Yeah, I mean, I've been I've been into it as in I've wanted to do it. But one thing about me is I've got very bad patience when it comes to learning things if i'm not good at something i'm like nope dash it away nope yeah so this is excuse me the further i think this is the furthest i've come like this year i've been doing because through beat me a lot of people assume that i I produce as well like to the point where i I had an interview on represent radio a couple years ago um from a now a friend of mine and he was like oh so you know where can, where where can we hear all your beat tapes and albums and stuff? I was like, dude, come on, man! Like, I ain't got nothing. I ain't got nothing out. But you're not gonna look this up before you get me on, because <laughs> now I've got to sound like a dickhead saying I ain't got no tunes. <laughs> Baited you up on this. Yes, I was like, because he just assumed. Because obviously the platform, I think he just assumed that you know, yeah. which you know, fair assumption, but I don't know. But um, but I've, I've I mean, I finally put um two tracks out in October because um, I've been using Serato Studio because I've just found it a lot easier. It's very simple to use. I mean, there's a lot less features on it, but I'm a Serato guy, so I just kind of started using that. And yeah, yeah. I put them two songs out. I mean, I recognize that they're not like mastered and they're not like Timberland Productions, but I thought if I don't put these songs out, I won't put anything out. So I kind of mm. did it to make myself do it. And I'm trying to do some more because, you know, I've got some cool reception. And, and I've been I've done a little thing during lockdown where I've done, I've done a lot of blends. Um, and it, that was mainly, I mainly done that as like to poke fun at 
some of the new DJ producers because I've seen a lot of these like new kind of the young like DJ producers come through and they're like oh I've done a, I'm doing a remix tape and what it is is it's just a blend like they've literally just put an acapella over a beat and they've right, got it right. they say oh I'm in the studio making a remix I'm like fam you're not you're in you're in you're not you could do you're that just live Boom. Yeah, you, that, that's it. So what I did as a joke, like I was joking with another guy, the, the guy who, the boiler room guy, because we were just joking about it. And I said, look, I'm going to do a blends tape. Just a laugh, you know. So I literally just did it all in one take on Serato, just mixed it live, but I pushed record. Didn't, you know, mix nothing down, master nothing. I just pushed record, put it onto a pack, put it out, and loads of people just went mad. Like, it, um, like some DJ friends that I know, when like Rinse Affirm, they got they were playing it. There's vid- there's videos of one of my blends being played at like some big Burberry party. So Tyler, the creator, and um, some who was it? Was it like some big um, like A list singer? I can't remember who it was. They were all at this Burberry party dancing to this blend, and all these like all these blends were getting paid played on all these radio stations, and all these DJs are asking me for it, and I'm like, it just drove home the joke kind of thing who like I've been doing all this work to trying to get my mixes and get my stuff out there I'd make one jokey little blend which was a piece of piss to do and now everyone's like oh yeah this is sick and this is mama's a sick remixer and it's like it's not I just mix two tunes fam it's a blend it's a blend DJs do this for hours (laughs) every Mm. night kind of thing so it was just I've done it to poke fun and a little project you know during lockdown and it's i'm just i'm just doing more just because this works and it's fun <laughs> it's, it's, oh, it's, it's hilarious but it just goes nah, to show heavy. man like fuck, heavy. Yeah, fuck it so so with your, with your production thing I, I need to put you in contact with a mate of mine um tony yeah. brown um okay. he runs the thing called a pad bank it's like a um it's a website and online forum for like mm. all sorts of um beat makers sort okay. of sample beat makers and thing do you know what i mean so he's okay, linked up sick. with a lot of people in the in um in the UK and across crossing the states as well. Do you know what I mean? That so, sounds wicked, even for like a beat meet thing. We've done a lot of collab things. We've worked with Ableton as well. So I'm always oh, looking wicked. for people just to chat beats with and just link up and do things with. That'd be cool. Definitely yeah, put me yeah, in touch yeah, with yeah. that guy. Yeah, yeah we'll yeah. do man. Yeah, Tony's deep in it, mate. Do you know what I mean? That's like that's like some mad scientist lab coat type shit. You know what I mean? That's what he's <laughs> Love on. that. Love that. Me for real. He's about that life. He's about that life. Yo Anything else you want to say, man? Because I, I, love, I love, I love chatting to you, man. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, this you, has you, been fun. You've got but some big things off the top of my head. I don't even know. Watch me as soon as you click stop broadcasting. I'm gonna be like, oh, f- I should have said about that. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, off the top of my head, I can't really. I think we've covered a lot of the stuff I do, like beats and liquor, beat meat, yeah. and you know, I like busy fingers stuff that I do. That's pretty much all the stuff I try to push at the moment. Yeah, so man. if you're into beats, follow beat meat. If you're a DJ and you, or even if you like watching DJs mess up and other DJs all laugh at them, watch Beats and Liquor. Yeah, you know so if that's you de- all I can if say. You DJ or you drink, check Beats and Liquor. Yeah, so basically. You know, the, you know the funny thing is, yeah, I'm not really that much of a drinker. Like I'm not. I hate shots. So even though I, I mean, I'm those guys. Like, do you want a shot? I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, I hate them. But I mean, I'll do it if you are. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm not a drinker. I don't. I hate being drunk. But I don't know why I put myself into these situations. No, no one <laughs> really likes shots. You don't drink shots yeah. to like. You drink shots just to mess this shit up. Do you know what I mean? That's yeah, what it's all about. I know. But on the flip side, I hate being drunk. Like I don't like it. <laughs> so, mm. but I, it just happens. And so, like, what do I go and do? I make a show where you have to take shots. Well, what I, what I noticed, what I noticed with that show, the one you were on, the three of you mm. were on it. it was episode two, did you say? 
what yeah. I noticed was everyone was dead serious, you know. No one was joking around, you know, because nobody wanted that shot. Everyone was yeah, just like, that, and that's what we wanted. That's what we wanted. Because you just focused. know what time it is, man. That's why That's why I played those mad things, because I just wanted to mess these guys up, man. It was fun. <laughs> I thought, yeah, you got in a wrong ring, boy. You got in a wrong ring. Yeah, <laughs> so that man. first tune I started with, you see my guy, Father James, with the dreads, on the, who's to my left. When you see me play the tune, and, and the guy on my right, he's, he's my partner's cousin. He's like, he's a new new DJ. And so I was like, you sure you want to come on this? He's like, yeah, man. I was like, cool. Because like, all he really plays is Afrobeat. So I was like, you you're probably going to get fucked. Like, you shouldn't. <laughs> you like he's drinking like, yeah, man. Holy I was like, cool. And he was a good sport, man. But when I played this tune, you just see it. You, you see him on the camera, just... Fuck. You know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> I, just looked away. I was like, yeah. But yeah, exactly. It's, it's, exactly. it is very fun, man. There's there's yeah. another one between two guys. No, sorry, a guy and a girl. Um, so I can't think of it. Lexi Mace and Kylo Skeng. They're, they're two big rhyme heads. Mm-hmm. And um, if you watch that one, Kylo Skeng, he's more experienced. Yeah, he's he's my he's a friend of mine. And um, he come in all dressed up to the nines, looking like some DJ vampire. He had his tunes, but he only had one forty. You know, when you see it, you'll know what I mean. Yeah, because um, we we it's saw all we, black, like yeah, blade, black on a blade slick, scene. slick back hair, some sunglasses, and that. On that, yeah, we man. we shot an episode initially with them both, and um and he like one, shall we say. Lexi may have done more shots, but the footage got corrupted, so we couldn't use it. So we got him back for a rematch. But Lexi May, she wasn't, she knew how the game was played now. So she came with like more than just 140 BPM. She came with like jungle stuff and just mad shit. But Kylo, he only had 140. So she was just caning him off, playing them tunes. And you just you just see this, this show of him just getting like, I love you, Kylo but you got decimated on this thing <laughs> to the point where like we was giving him half shots or just putting stuff in that wasn't alcohol because obviously I don't, I don't want to make anyone ill or just yeah, mess anyone yeah, up. Yeah, Do you yeah. know what I mean? There's a, we've got to balance it where we want people not just doing a clean, easy mix show. We want people doing shots, but I don't want to be irresponsible with it. So he was just because he walked off the set to go and buy a beer halfway through and then come back to mix. So he was just, he wasn't helping himself. And he just got, oh, he just got twisted, man. So that's a funny episode if you want to see a guy just have the soul <laughs> drained out of him with jungle music. Wow. Yes, yeah. people. Yeah, definitely. Beats and liquor. Um, is it on the is it the Lab Collective uh, YouTube yeah. channel? Lab Collective L dot A dot B Collective. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, put, the I'll links are all, all in my Instagrams. Yes, if you follow me on the gram, you'll find your way to it. Okay, yeah. cool. I'll put them all under in the description. When oh yeah, thank on you, YouTube, man. But absolutely no problem yeah. at all, man. Busy, my Dude. brother. Yo, rude boy. It's been <laughs> man, an absolute technical. pleasure, man. Sit there. You know what I mean? It's been a Thanks pleasure, for me, man. It's been a wicked chat. I love this. This has been wicked. No, it's it's been wicked, right? It's been it's been Chris connected with people like your good self. Do you know what I mean? And you know, what I mean, listening to the legend murder murder tunes on on, uh, on Mixcloud. Do you know what I yeah, mean? Man. Like, do you know what? My, in my week, my working week, while I'm working, I have mm. on like some of your streams. I have mm. on some of um, Conrad's streams, mm. um, grown folks. So yeah. I go from like some mellow salting <laughs> to whatever the hell you're. I don't even know. I don't. It's genre free, mate. I don't know what you're playing. I some, never know what I'm doing. Yeah, you know I mean some bass stuff. It, it's yeah, my week's good. And then Friday I play, I do our stream with Croc and Beat Pusher. So you know yeah, what I mean? my week's good. Do you know what I mean? Wow, and thanks to you guys. Thanks for the support, man, and thanks for listening. Like, thank you. Just 
Love yeah, that. Mate. You send me Love a link, that. mate. You tell me when you're on, boy. I'm there, star. Don't worry about that. Hey, yeah, you man. say that. You're going to block me on WhatsApp within a fortnight. Because I'm going to be like, yo, man's on this. I'm on this. I'm on this. Your whole WhatsApp is just going to be links. <laughs> Every Wednesday. 24, 24 hours a day. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Seriously. Like, nah. Nah, so, yeah, like, nah. nah, it's been a pleasure, mate. Been a pleasure, man. We have to get back together real soon, man. Do you know what I mean? I'm down like good. Charlie Brown. Yeah, man. It, it, it was, when this lockdown's over, mate, I'm coming to check you. Most definitely. Yes. And I'll be driving up anywhere, anywhere that will have me. I'm going there. I've, I've never been. I don't think I've ever been that far up. So, Costa del Wolverhampton. I'll be, you know yeah, come see the sights. That's it. Yeah. God's own country, mate. God's own country. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah, busy. Enough respect. Thanks for passing, True Dread. Thanks a lot, man. Take care. Every yourself, single man. time. Thank man. you. Wicked. So again, another killer episode. Shouts out to the man, Busy Fingers, for passing through, man. Always a pleasure to listen to you and chat to you. Do you know what I mean? That was a lot of fun. Yeah, my man, you can, you can see when you talk to the guy that music is in his DNA, do you know what I mean? He kind of lights up as soon as you talk about music. Musical Power Rangers is in my man's DNA. <laughs> he's in his DNA. Yeah, he's, 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 he's a top lad, man. Do you know what I mean? Respect, respect to Busy. So what's my take home from this? I think it's kind of the kind of the focus thing, the focus on what he was talking about, like sort of focusing channeling your energy into something. Do you know what I mean? Keep pushing forward, but channel your energy and make it more like a focused assault on things. Uh, 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 that makes a lot of sense. And also, you know what I mean? Just push the envelope a bit. You know what I mean? You may not feel like you're ready for something, but push the envelope, man. Uh, I, I do like that. And I, and I think those are good philosophies to have. To just challenge yourself, man. Do you know what I mean? So you, can, you can very easily become comfortable doing things, but... It's uh, it's important to challenge yourself now and again, man. Not be too comfortable in the thing. So, busy. Shout out to you, mate. All the Lab Collective crew. You're big. You're big. So, enough love to all those guys. Enough love to busy. Thanks for passing through. And if you like that kind of thing, hit the subscribe button, man. Don't let me tell you again. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the like button. Um, leave a voicemail on my uh, Anchor account. Um, yeah, I mean, let me hear from you, man. Love to hear from you guys, yeah? So, till next time. <laughs> <laughs>